Thanks for listening to The Adam Carolla Show on Podcast One. Hey guys, we're using Poshmark and you should too. Do you have things that you don't wear anymore? Poshmark is seriously the easiest way to make room in your closet, make some cash, and also snag a bargain. It's the coolest reseller with the best brands like Lululemon, Nike Reformation, and Gucci for up to 70% off. DJ Khaled has a closet and Serena Williams. Download the app today. Enter Podcast 10 when you sign up for $10 off your first purchase on Poshmark. Savings starts with Xfinity. Get a great price on Xfinity Internet. Plus, ask how to get an eligible 5G phone on us. And for a limited time, $300 back when you add Xfinity Mobile. Go to Xfinity.com slash start saving. Call 1-800-XFINITY or visit a store today. Restrictions apply. Say about BlindsGalore.com. For over 20 years, Blinds Galore. BlindsGalore.com has made it easy to get custom blinds, shades, shutters, and draperies. Over 2 million windows covered. All hand-built from scratch, created for your own window, delivered right to your own door. And you can do it from home. Take the measurements, you uh, customize online, and you see exactly how your blinds and shades are going to look on screens before you buy. So you can lay it all out, see what it all looks like. Get up to 15 free samples delivered to your door so you pick just the right color. Blinds galore, experts. Um customer care team, by the way, can uh, help you every step of the way, either online or on the phone. It's Blinds Galore, right, Dawson? Check out BlindsGalore.com today and order your free samples to get started. And make sure to let them know that we sent you. That's BlindsGalore.com. Hello and welcome to Corolla Classics for May 29th, 2021. Happy Memorial Day weekend. We're going to play some highlights of the Adam Carolla Show right here. My name's Chris Loxamana, the executive producer of the Adam Carolla Show. And with me, as always, Carolla archivist, super fan Giovanni. Hey, everybody. Uh, happy Saturday. We're going to be coming to you all three days. So Saturday, Sunday, and Monday with a very special episode. That's right. An extra dose of Corolla Classics this weekend, because why not? Um, all right. We got... Well, first off... We should wish a, uh, I mean, I know it was a couple days ago, but happy birthday, Adam Carolla. Oh, and, was his birthday? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> of course I know it's his you birthday. You know, we should make this clear, because there has been confusion, uh, the difference between a birthday and an achievement day. So, well, there's, there's a lot of confusion because Adam's changed it up. I like his first thing, where you just cancel your birthday, call it your achievement day, and then celebrate some event on your birthday birthday. And then there's another version of that, which everybody else uses. But I use the uh, cancel your birthday, call it your achievement day, and celebrate some achievement on that day for ease of... Uh, yeah, see, that's that's my definition of it, too. Uh, cancel I don't want to make up some other day, have a half birthday like Gary. <laughs> so anyway, I take that back then. I, I take back the happy birthday wish, Adam. I'll talk to you on your achievement day. All right. <laughs> yeah. Let's get going with our first clip. We're going to take you guys back to 2010. And let's go on a hypothetical road trip with one Larry Miller. Adam Carolla Show, episode 388. This is after the format switch. Uh, this is Teresa Strasser's second to last episode after she uh, had to you know, change her hours for her morning show. So Chris Parnell's the guest on this one, as well as Larry Miller, Teresa Strasser, Brian Bishop, of course. This is going to be cut in half. We're going to play part one today, part two tomorrow on the Sunday episode. So make sure to subscribe to the Corolla Classics feed so you can hear this full show. It is incredible. Uh, this one is from August of 2010. This is part one with uh, Larry Miller. And uh, this is before Chris Parnell joins him in the studio. 
through some hypothetical road trip, and there's a key drop they play from Tracy Metro. For those unfamiliar, <laughs> she was a fill-in news girl on the KLSX morning radio show in 2006, and she filmed a couple times for Teresa. And uh, Adam would always make fun of her. She was like an employee of the station, and she has this very specific drop and phrasing about agreeing, and they, Brian can't stop playing it. So much so that Larry Miller kind of goes insane. It is an <laughs> epic clip. Hope you guys enjoy it. Check it out. Get it on, got to get it on, no choice but to get it on, mandate, get it on. Good day, Bald Brian. It's so damn hot. Ugh, good to see you, Teresa Strasser. Good to see you. We'll get into, Milk was uh, a bad choice. Get into T and uh, her uh, new gig. T-Bone, you, now tell us about uh, your new career. I am, well, it's the same, it's the same old career, only I, what I like to do, I'm like that chess piece that moves laterally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what I do. Yeah, the but dunce, yeah. or the pawn, or whatever it is. <laughs> the bishop? Is it the bishop? I don't know, I mean, that's what it was. Yeah. Um, anyway, I'm working at KABC Mornings with Peter Tilden. Mm, yeah, he's good. He's very good. Yeah, I caught uh, about an hour of it this morning, heard you. Adam, this is radio. And uh, Tilden, and, uh, and Dick Van Dyke. And I must say, Dick Van Dyke's one of these guys you sort of remember from uh, McCanter or whatever he did, you know, do some cop show in the, in the 80s. We do? Yeah, I don't know. He did, what did he do? Some sort of thing where he played an attorney or something? He diagnosis murder? Yeah, it's like one of those, yeah, maybe it was diagnosis murder. It's one of these things. He's a classic guy. It's sort of like when, if you're a child of the 70s, you remember Ethel Merman from The Love Boat or, you know, right. Agnes Moorhead from Bewitched, but you don't realize these were greats of the stage and the yeah. Great White Way and Broadway and, you know, part of, uh, you know. This guy's got a Grammy, a Tony, a bunch of Emmys. Watch Mary Poppins. Watch the guy dance. The guy's absolutely amazing. He was Self-taught. A, he was the chimney sweep. Yeah. 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 Tough gig these days. By the way, you don't need to uh, do uh, go to meeting if you're in the chimney sweep business. You know, there's, some you better clients show up. are bringing chimneys and flues in from out of town. We got to scrub them down. Uh, yeah, Dick Van Dyke. Uh, so it is one of these things where you see him with a gray mustache and gray hair, playing a, playing an attorney in a small county on some crappy show that uh, shows up on on you know uh, the WB, and you think, what what the fuck. But go watch that movie and see just how talented a guy like that was. And it's was. nice that at 85, he's still schlepping around to morning radio to promote a charity. Well, he's to doing. be fair, he's probably up since 5 a.m. Because he's old? Yeah. I don't know what it is about uh, old people, but it's like I said. It was the whole time, well, the whole time I did Love Line, I would go to bed at 2, and my dad would get up at 5.30 every morning, and whenever he wanted to have breakfast, he would suggest about 6.15. And I'd be like, uh, I'm just rolling over onto my boner at that point, Dad. <laughs> and you go, all right, let's push back to 7. And it never, never did quite understand. Although I was thinking about this sort of relativeness of life and how, you know, I guess when you're 85, A, you're not wired that way, but B, theoretically sleeping is sort of death with you with a boner and I, there's a part of you look when you're a teenager you're going on forever right i mean just psychologically i know there's a growth part of this too but i mean when you're 17 years old you're like oh i'm missing out on life or the clock is ticking when you're 17 years old you're like fuck it i'm sleeping until noon yeah uh but when you're 85 there has to be a sort of thought where hey the sun is shining and how many more 
How many more Tuesdays do I have in me? Well, speaking of, like in Tuesdays with Maury, he talks about how being old is a lot like being a baby. You know, somebody has to diaper you and take care of you and how mm-hmm. you can find the beauty in that. Well, babies wake up at 5 in the morning, too. Right. So I had, uh, I had this notion, and I started thinking about it. Uh, when I was doing a stand-up in Denver last week, I somehow got onto the topic of uh, moi. That hardly happened. And I was talking about working at McDonald's. And I was saying, uh, the only thing that makes time pass slower than standing over a hot griddle, Mm -hmm. working the griddle at a McDonald's, A, you're on your feet, B, there's a large, the thing the size of a refrigerator door that's 500 degrees that's in front of you, you're literally, you can hear your sweat just landing on it, stacking burgers on it, time literally stand still like i've had jobs whether it be ditch digging like you guys have all done a little gardening or maybe helped out with somebody or done a little habitat for humanity or something like that but really dig a ditch for nine or ten hours like in earnest like that's your gig not uh, dig dig a ditch for an hour have a beer dig a ditch for an hour talk chat up my buddies just literally digging a ditch with a guy walking around as a Vietnam vet who moves his mustache around when he's pissed and who basically will start yelling at you if you ever even lean on your shovel. Time stops versus, you know, seeing a great movie or getting a blowjob or being really high or that weekend in Maui that, you know, that's over and done with like that. So I was talking about nothing, no, time never goes slower than standing over a grill at McDonald's and getting paid $2.21 an hour, which was minimum wage when I was doing it with taxes being taken out. So literally stand there for eight hours, walk out of the place with $13 if, if you're lucky. Um, I thought maybe that's why the old people work there. You oh know my what God, I mean? They're trying to slow down They're time slowing so they can live down. longer. Well, think about how fast time is passing for Hugh Hefner. Yeah, right. He's 88 and time's just blowing by. Like a card in the spokes of life. That's him laughing it up. No, but seriously, you're on a yacht. You're getting a blowjob. You're you're some you're taking Viagra out of a Pez dispenser. And you're just fucking partying around. That, that's what it's saying. Now imagine if you took Hugh Hefner and you said, "Just hey man, Hugh, need you to come down from uh, the mansion. I need you to go out to North Hollywood and stand behind this grill." He'd he'd be dreading that day, and he'd be doing nothing but staring at the clock. True, he'd be miserable, but wouldn't time fucking just grind to a halt for that moment? Yeah, I mean, I've, had, I've talked to you about this before, but I've had the experience when I'm out with the baby, and people always say the same thing. They go, just enjoy every minute because it goes by so fast. Mm. And sometimes I just want to look at them and go, why don't you go fuck yourself? Yes. Because every fucking second of my life is taking an hour. I'm so tired. Yes. Every time someone says have fun out there, I'm going to go fuck off. Uh, have fun it's out the, there. It's the same. Not fucking fun. Like, and they tell you that when it's the most pressure. Like when I auditioned for this job, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I was just a guest on the, the show. Peter but Tilden Yeah, job. I sort of knew I was auditioning and I, I really wanted a job. Mm-hmm. Um, times are tough and, you know, I'm very grateful to have it. But it's not fun. Like have fun out there when things that are important no. to you are at stake. It's not have fun with it. Just and the other one, just be yourself. Yeah. What self? What self is gonna get me this job? First what off, self? I will shove my finger into my asshole and sniff it if you really is that want myself? Me to be myself. I will do that. Me. When yes, no one's exactly. around, that's me. That's me at my purest. Yeah. Maybe a little less yourself. 
Then don't be that self. <laughs> yes. Be another self. Right, right. Be, be more that, but have fun with it. Yes. But everything's on the line. So I'm thinking maybe <laughs> Dick Van Dyke should get a job at the McDonald's. Or, uh, or watching kids. Also, or And also, when you see the old guy, and now I know, because whenever I see the old guy who's working, and this is another thing I came up with uh, up on stage. You know, remember the sort of scared straight movies where they'd have the uh, black dude and he'd get a bunch of guys, young 14, 15-year-old little hooligans who are in and out of trouble, little juvenile delinquents, and he'd pop his eyeball out and yell, Give me your shoes, motherfucker! You come into this place, you're going to be my bitch. I'm going to skull fuck your ass. And then all the kids would be scared straight. There should be a scared straight version of this. Something your dad and my dad probably would have, should have attended in their 20s and 30s. Uh, with the dude who's 69 and working at the Home Depot. Yeah. And the 73-year-old chick who's working at the Arby's. And they just set a bunch of 20-something-year-olds together and yes. go, you want to wear a fucking bright orange smock with your name on it and make $8.11 an hour when you're 72 years of age? Motherfucker. Then pop the eyeball this, out. Yeah, you know, this is give the me program. Your, give me your slippers. Like, I, I want to do... Here's my documentary. I want to do an, a documentary called What Happened? No, I'm going to do a documentary called What the Fuck Happened? Okay. That's what All right, write this down. What the F Happened? What the F Happened? So we happened. can put ads in papers and stuff. We'll make it F. What the F Happened? And I go to the Home Depot, mm-hmm. and I find the guy yes. with the gray mustache. He's 72 years old, and he's putzing around the electoral department, and he's got some uh, half a fag coming up to him and going, where's the Romax? And he's having to get up on a ladder and pull it all off an upper shelf and go, what the fuck happened, Pops? And but then you unless you're back. making 250 k a year, and there's something I'm not aware of, but I know you're making $9 an hour. What the fuck happened? And we can trace it back. I'll go to McDonald's. I'll find anyone working there uh, between the age of 60 and 85. What the fuck happened? Now, if somebody does the, oh, I, I have plenty of money socked away. I just like staying active. Right. I'll still want to know what the fuck happened. <laughs> Did you get hit with a snow shovel? Right. Or Are why you don't this you have why don't friends, you have friends and relatives? Where's yeah. your network? Right. Where's your boat? Something happened. Still. Yes. If you have plenty of money in the bank and you're here, something horrible happened. Right, because if you wanted to be useful, maybe you'd work at the SPCA. Right. Or you'd volunteer yes. at a shelter. Poisoning kids with sodium. Yeah. Right. And fat. Yeah, that doesn't and, seem... And caramel coloring is probably not the greatest thing a senior should do with this waning years on the planet. No, this is a brilliant idea because... You I, know, where, are they with hobos? Yes. I'll just... And I'm, I'm sure you'll get some fucking stories. Oh, I'm always curious when I see a hobo, like, what the fuck happened? I really want yeah. to know. I re- I'm curious. A lot of times it's obvious that there was a serious mental illness that was not treated or oh. an alcohol problem, but sometimes you don't know. A lot of times, I'm telling you, you're going to hear stories about these guys having successful businesses and then having a kid that got sick and having a partner that screwed them over right. and then they started drinking or whatever. There's always a, you're not born a hobo. And you're not born a 73-year-old guy who works at Home Depot. What the fuck happened? What the F? I mean, I know that they have. Uh, there are guys who are, are women who are involved in drunk driving accidents, right? Mm-hmm. And part of their sentence is they go around to schools and they tell their story. And the kids in the audience think twice before they have a drink and drive because mm-hmm. they're, they're terrified, right? Mm-hmm. This is the plan you're suggesting. You take somebody like one of our dads. Who's borderline, or more mine ta- than yours, borderline destitute. Tag team them. <laughs> tag Your team them. Your dad slap out. My dad come in. 
And you know what? Like, here's life lessons that you need to learn. Yes, you shouldn't drink and drive, but here's another thing. You should have, in the bank, six months living expenses before you do anything. Well, 30 meetings in 30 days. 90 and 90. <laughs> this I told the old man, 90 and 90. This could be a lot easier. I, I'll tell you what I would do with my dad. It would, it would, spend, it would for a couple things. There would be a couple things. Here's what I'm, I'm not going to tell you what to do with your old man. Okay. But here's what I'm going to do with my old man. And, you know, if you choose to go down this route with your old man, that's, that's your business. Uh, to avoid a super uncomfortable conversation where it's like, hey, dad, I need you to explain to a group of people in their <laughs> 20s what a tremendous loser you are and how not to turn out exactly like you. I'm going to put a little different twist on it. I'm going to go, dad, I want you to tell these young people everything you know about finance. Oh, yes. Every trick in your sleeve. Right. Oh, Every right. move. And All then the I will get hold before my dad comes out. I'll say, <laughs> whatever he says, do the exact yes. opposite of it. Right. So again, if he says turn right, you turn left. Yes. When he says up, you think down. Knowing that, I'll bring him out. Please give him a nice round of applause. Oh my God. It'll be awesome. He'll feel great about himself. His feelings will be hurt. My dad will say, look, if you have a savings of a hundred grand, you take the whole thing and you sink it into a house in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> in fortified wine country. Yeah, in fortified wine country and do not have a penny left in savings. Oh, and then my dad would follow up with a hundred grand in the bank. <laughs> what? Uh, well, that's what the F happened. That makes it sad because dad really did have a thriving business for 35 years fixing cars. He said yeah. he did have a house. Well, I'll tell you what we do then with him. We let him uh, speak about a thriving business up until the point where, and then he feels that sting on his neck, yeah, like yeah. Teresa's in the back with blow dart and <laughs> yeah. tipped in Karari, and she's like, ow, my neck, and then we just come shuffle him off like the Sandman at the Apollo. Well, you know what's sweet? Today I got an email. Communication has been a bit tense with the old man since we, uh, we got the <laughs> little situation, but I got an email. Listen to you this morning You're, on the he's radio. co-signing on his house, Yeah, by which the is way. being foreclosed. Right. So we're Thank in a little, little trouble, trouble right. as uh, this jeopardizes my home. Mm-hmm. My credit's already been shattered. Mm-hmm. I've given up on that. But anyway, he did write me this morning. Hey, T, I listened to the whole Peter Tilden show. Very good. Really? But yeah, he got up and listened to it online. Woke up and listened online. Yeah, which is sweet. And by the way, when I used to be on Good Day New York... Even with the time difference, he'd get up at, you know, four in the morning, our time, Holy and watch it. fuck. Yeah. I know. He's not yeah, that bad. Yeah, I'm really starting to forgive. You I'm should forgive. forgive. You yeah. should forgive. He, I, he, he means well. well. Yeah. yeah. Now that I have a job, I'm not as worried. Yeah. All but, right. Yeah. Well, good. You sounded uh, delightful. And, uh, yeah, let's tell people how they can uh, listen to you if they'd like to catch you on Peter Oh, thanks. Yeah, I think he's on KABC 790. I'm on from 6 to 9. Um, and I believe you can stream stream it online if you want to. I'll tell you that six to nine, three hours is a lot better than four, which we used to. Yeah, somehow it feels like it's almost twenty five percent better. It's about twenty five percent better. Yeah, now, four hours is uh, uh, you know I, when I used to do, I did Loveline my whole life, and it was a two hour gig, and it was like psh, it was over before it started. Four hours when you think about things to do. Uh, whether, you know, there's certain things where, all right, four hours of uh, delivering uh, wine or four hours of uh, doing a tax preparation or four hours of writing a novel, maybe not that long, but four hours of comedy, that's... Uh, well, it wasn't always four hours of comedy. No. It was, <laughs> it was, a lot of it was often much less. Seven to yes. 12 minutes. Yes. And then there's some wing bowl. 
But I would like, uh, I swear to God, when everyone else used to complain about having to play records, I was like, I wouldn't mind spinning a couple records an hour and taking a look. Remember we were going to do that our last day, but we never did. We were going to play all our favorite songs. Yeah. But instead, Jack Silver had to come in and play (laughs) a pre-recorded hilarious comedy bit. Oh, that was good times. All right. So uh, there's where you can find uh, Teresa. Now, what we're going to do here with Teresa is uh, hopefully she can uh, do a little double duty. We can have her on this show as much as possible. I've gotten a lot of um, questions via Twitter and Facebook. Will I still be here? And I'm hoping that you'll still have me on the two afternoons a week that, that you record. Well, we will uh, we will try to accommodate you as best we can. <laughs> Dare you. And uh, and you're good until we find, you know, until Tracy Metro's freed yeah. up. God, and she's going to get wind of this, isn't she? When I, she smells I an opening. I agree wholeheartedly. That's why I like her. <laughs> That's why I like her because I'm like, uh, hey, you know, listen, I'm not... Uh, I'm not saying Hitler was right, but I'm sure not saying he was wrong. I agree wholeheartedly. <laughs> and uh, you know, as far as the uh, as far as the border goes, I say forget about a fence. Let's dig a moat and put crocodiles in it. I agree wholeheartedly. She wasn't ready to talk about that. Oh, I see. Yeah, I thought that's her whole thing. She's on board with whatever. You yes, say. Teresa. Ter- uh, Teresa's yesterday's news girl. You're the new one. <laughs> I agree wholeheartedly. Yeah, I occasionally have opinions of my own. Yeah. I'm not going to do that at KBC for at least a month. I would like to find a bunny rabbit and put an M80 up its ass. I agree wholeheartedly. I would like to take a van and fill it with C4 and drive it into a preschool filled with special needs kids. I agree wholeheartedly. I would like to uh, secretly uh, get the uh, launch codes to our nuclear arsenal and go to Cheyenne Mountain and uh, wage a war on Central Europe. I agree wholeheartedly. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I would like to take what rightfully belongs to newsgirl Teresa Strasser. I agree wholeheartedly. If I was in Did charge, snort? <laughs> if I was in charge of the prisons, I'd leave everyone in there for a minor pot or prostitution offense and let all the pedophiles and the murders out. I agree wholeheartedly. <laughs> See, wow, this could be an awesome show. I think it's too much trouble and expense to get those miners out in Chile. Let's just leave I, them down there. I agree wholeheartedly. <laughs> all right, T Bone. Yep. Do you have some news ready to go? I agree wholeheartedly. <laughs> From the International News Center, next to Donnie's Minibikes, this is the news with Teresa Strasser. As I just alluded to, 33 miners are trapped deep inside a gold and copper mine in Chile. Now, the good news is they think they're going to be able to get them out. The bad news is we're talking about Christmas. I mean, they're going to be in there for four months. Really? Yeah. Yeah. A team of doctors and psychiatric experts has arrived at the mine, trying to establish a sense of the miners' sanity. They need to understand what we know up here at the surface, that it will take many weeks for them to reach the light, says the health minister of Chile. I agree wholeheartedly. Wait a minute. How how does it work? I mean, are they... Well, usually there's some sort of cave-in, in which case there's enough oxygen or whatever to last a couple of days, and then that's that. But there must be a facility down there? There, There's some sort of facility. There's a line that's going to supply them with food, water, medicine, and communications. They're Mm -hmm. sending down capsules Mm -hmm. uh, that have some sort of high-energy glucose gel, as well as questionnaires to determine each miner's condition, Mm -hmm. and small microphones to enable them to speak with their, oh, my God, 
If you were down there, you could do a radio show. Yeah. You'd have so much to complain about. Yeah. Oh, I'd be me? like, uh, I'd be like, oh man, what, hey, who's up there? Can I? T- First off, those glucose uh, gel uh, <laughs> cells, uh, I don't know which uh, German scientist came up with that shit, but uh, could someone send down a gut, some goddamn pinto bean soup or something? I'm going to put my mouth... Uh, you know what? Let's try New England clam chowder, you asswipes. Jesus Christ. And by, hey, hey, and by the way, could you stuff some porn down that fucking flume? I'm this close to blowing one of these dudes. <laughs> Oh, for the love of Christ. And, hey, uh, I, listen, I understand. You, could you feed a cable down here? Because I get, oh, we get no reception. And I got to watch fucking uh, what, the WB. Who'd they form with? CW. Yeah. If, if I see another fucking episode of Gossip Girls, I'm going to kill myself. I agree wholeheartedly. Wait, Tracy would climb down there just to get on his Chilean minor show? <laughs> could somebody send that? Uh, Tracy Metro down here so she can do some news. Uh, let's see. Oh, uh, are my kids there? Tell them. I'm, uh, oh, tell them uh, for Christmas this year they're going to get a uh, lump of copper ore. <laughs> and I'm going to smile. And by the way, are the, are the, is the owner of the mine up there? Because I, I got I to tell you this. If I don't get a fucking bonus this year, I swear to God, I'm, first, I'm this close to eating a co-worker. Do you understand? I don't know whether to blow the guy or eat him. Jesus Christ. And uh, listen, I know you guys all think you got a sense of humor up there, but if you fucking pump down Maneater one more time, I swear to God, I'll go on a killing spree. Now I want to hear some goddamn John Hyatt. Early Hyatt. All right. I'm going to drink some more of my own urine. <laughs> 33 guys down there and a lot of them are having their spirits boosted by receiving letters from relatives and I can only imagine your mom and dad putting pen to paper to send you a letter down the mine shaft to cheer you up yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, dear guy we forgot to give a middle name to uh, maybe this is awkward but um well, it's not a loan. Uh, uh, John wants to rebuild the porch and wants to know if you could foot the bill for the lumber. You don't have to do the work until you get out of the grave. I mean, hole. The, the space. And, um, <laughs> again, he'll front the money, but, uh, you know, he's going to shove down a receipt. If you could go ahead and sign that so he can be reimbursed when he comes up top. And uh, your dad said... Uh, he wants to, uh, you know, spend the time with you in the hole, really, really getting, really. He says you're not here, but he feels like you're here because uh, he heard you did a show called The Man, hold on, The Man Show, <laughs> and that some of those might be out on uh, what they call a uh, video disc. And uh, he's looking for one on uh, eBay right now. So uh, anyway, he, he wants to know if he could borrow some money. He needs a new uh, mouthpiece for his trumpet. And some oil for the valves. Anyway, uh, we'll call you when we need something. Take care. Oh, okay. great. Well, you know how you said you ruined me, and a lot of the times you make your, your co-hosts, like Dr. Drew, cynical? Mm-hmm. You take their good hearts, mm-hmm. and you blacken them. 
Yeah. Just a little. Like the lungs of those miners. Exactly. I think that may have happened to me a little bit because you've probably heard this story about the hostess at Disney that does not want... Uh, she wants to wear her headscarf mm-hmm. and Disney doesn't want her to. Yeah. I found myself feeling a little bit like a right-wing nut job. Because yeah. I thought to myself, wait, you worked there at Disney for two years without wearing a headscarf. And then you decided it was important to you to wear a headscarf. Uh, well, now they've offered her an alternative. They've offered her a specially designed hat. <laughs> Unfortunately, it is like, it's like a hat and bonnet thing. Right. And she says it's offensive. I know. But God just wants you to cover your head. So yeah. either work somewhere else or wear the fucking bonnet. I don't understand. Jobs are hard to come by. It's Disney. They have tons of stupid rules about what color nail polish you can wear and what kind of facial hair you can have. Of course. Look, be a fucking beekeeper or welder or something where you need some fucking headgear. And here's the other thing, too. Yes, when you have a business, especially when it's a business that caters to kids, and, it, and, it, and, they, and you're putting, you're essentially creating a little fantasy. You step out of reality and into this fantasy. Well, they probably have a whole bunch of rules, like uh, tattoos. They probably don't want to see a bunch of guys wearing cut-off sleeves and showing off their right. tattoos. And then a lot of people go, well, yeah, but that's not a religious thing. Well, maybe the guy's a Samoan, and it's a tribal tattoo, and it's very important to his tribe. I mean, you can distill this thing down to almost anything at right. any time. The reality is, is whether you own a... And I'm all for, by the way, like, if you're George Steinbrenner, God rest his soul, and you own the Yankees, and you don't want any of your players to have facial hair, and you're the guy who's cutting the check... To everyone who's getting $12 million a year, totally. then that's your fucking business. Right. And if players don't want to play for you because they like a nice mustache or some pork chop sideburns, then that's their business. That's the marketplace sort of settling the problem. But as long as you're cutting the checks, uh, you're not allowed to say an employee, hey, man, I need a reach around. Teresa, I'm talking to you. I'm sorry. I know, I'm sorry, like I, sorry. I know it seemed like I shifted gears <laughs> for a second. You were playing a no, role. No, no, I mean, I need to be. I yanked. agree wholeheartedly. Uh, yeah, that's my point. That's wow. my well, point. Well, now I've really got to hold no, on. No, you're not allowed to say, uh, hey, sweetie, I need a blowjob, but you are allowed, I would say, whether you're, you know, if you own a Hooters, you can't say, sorry, you can't wear the oversized sweatpants and the hoodie. That's not our business. And if you're, McDon- if you're McDonald's, you have. When I was at fucking McDonald's, they made me wear a plastic smock that made me sweat all the way through. I was already wearing 10 feet of polyester standing over that fucking grill. But my manager, Ken, who's a dick, was like, put the smock on. And I was like, it's so goddamn hot standing over this grill. I was like, put, he's the manager. It's McDonald's. If I don't like it, I can leave. Almost any job. And I even believe this, even with certain degrees of harassment slash sexual harassment, or listen, if your boss is a dick, if he's coming on to you, if he's out of line, you know what? Pack up and get the fuck out of there. Right. Or why don't you just learn how to deal with it? Yes. In a graceful way. I'm not... Now, obviously, if someone did say, blow me or you're fired, clearly, that's a case of sexual harassment. But if somebody's just flirting with you... Right. you just... You know, like the, the redhead on Mad Men... The way she just sort of handled, listen, everyone's hitting on her and she right. just sort of disables it and moves yep. on and keeps the office running. Yeah, like to turn her into a whitehead. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes, shut the fuck up and move on. And here's the thing we're too fucking tolerant and we have too many ears. There's a lot. We, Mouse we do, ears? Yeah, well, we, we do a lot of debating. Yeah. 
Yeah, save it for Tilden, sweetie. He <laughs> likes the puns. No, the point is this. No, we do a lot of, we have to talk about it. We have to sit down with her. We have to discuss it. Right. Then her lawyers need to get involved. Then the ACLU needs to get involved. And then the Anti-Arab Defamation League needs to get involved. And then religious leaders need to get involved. Here's how I'd like to get involved. My fucking finger in your ass. Get the fuck out of here. Either don't wear the fucking burqa or shut the fuck up. Well, they're willing to accommodate her her religious beliefs by allowing her to wear a different kind of hat. Hey, listen. Here's the deal. Your religious beliefs are for Saturday or Sunday or whatever the fucking Sabbath is. During the fucking week, there's no religious beliefs. You go to fucking work. The truth is, the sad truth is, that people are really terrified of Muslims. And a lot of people's attitudes about Muslims are steeped in ignorance. And that's what's going on, if you ask me, with this mosque. Yes. However, in this particular case, I don't, I don't understand why this woman can't just get a different job or wear the head covering well, that's that Disney the whole, has offered her. The whole point is, this, whether you're this bitch or you're spidey, you're just drawing attention to yourself. That's all. Everything is just a chance. It's just a news story. Get a publicist. At some point, somebody named Gloria is going to represent you. You're going to have a photo op. You'll get a few... Somebody who's got some deep pockets will settle up with you in some way, shape, or form. It'll translate into a few dollars. You'll get right. a reality show. Instead of just telling everyone to shut the fuck up and move on. Right, exactly. When I was working at a restaurant in San Francisco, not Hooters, I was pulled aside because my hair was too frizzy. And they didn't think. <laughs> I agree wholeheartedly. Listen, it there's looked a like tube metro. of Juby gone. <laughs> <laughs> you can rub in. Now, here. I had Your too, hair was too frizzy. Too frizzy. And I'd wear it in a ponytail. And it was a nice restaurant, so I'd wear a tie and a white shirt and an apron. But my hair was, I guess, too frizzy. Well, you're ruining ponytail. the nachos because a lot of that was just breaking off and landing. You're, huh. like, you're like Gene Shalit. <laughs> it, <was an> a- <laughs> it was an aesthetic problem for this restaurant. And now, what Roseanne, could I Roseanne, Rosanna, Dan is bringing you your. Uh, salad well it looked a little like that but i figured i've got a couple options i can get gloria Allred, or i can get a flat iron yes how hard is it you don't like frizzy hair i'd like to keep this job why don't i just flat iron the flat iron doesn't grandstand yeah <laughs> that's true or a fuchsia lipstick wow all right well good i'm glad i've, I've turned you toward the dark side not so far not so far toward but in this one case because after this mosque story just getting so much heat and it being it just, I, I was so depressed. And now, you know, everyone thinks Obama's a Muslim again, and they call it this, this mosque at Ground Zero, when it's really an Islamic cultural center blocks away. Uh, I started getting so depressed. But then when this story came out, I thought, mm, I don't think so later. I, here's my take. Not feeling it. My take as an atheist with all religions is, could you assholes please shut the fuck up? Just all of you shut up. Just so tired of hearing your shit. You want to open a cultural center or mosque, you know, you want to wear your head garb, uh, any side, whatever it is, whatever your religious religion, fine, play it close to the vest, play it, you know. Well, see, within this case, you know, it's like a JCC or a YMCA, it's that kind of thing, and it it was close to the vest, it was sort of a zoning issue until an Ann Coulter type blogger got hold of it and turned it into the Ground Zero Mosque. Right. Um, And that's unfortunate. Yeah, well, uh, I don't know physically how far it is, and it's weird because I heard somebody saying in New York, two blocks is, and I thought they were going to say a short distance, but they said a long distance. But I've walked forty-four blocks in New York, and and then they vary. My whole thing is, is uh, I'd have to go down and physically see if it seemed too close. My take is this: 
Um, they have certain zoning rules where it's like, all right, uh, you can't have an adult bookstore within, you know, 500 yards of a school campus or something like that. They're little sort of bars. They're little things. There's not really... Uh, it's not like their lives at stake, but it's just one of those, eh, don't put this next to that. Okay, I understand. And I can understand not putting something that uh, honors the that religion too close to the space where a lot of people lost a lot of loved ones. But I don't know how close it actually is. I keep hearing two blocks. I don't know what that means. I, just as an atheist... You know, I turn on the news. They got a new Middle East peace thing going on. Uh, I'm sure that's going to happen in just a few short minutes. Uh, this chick wants to wear a thing. That chick's, uh, that these guys want to do uh, their uh, YMCA mosque down next to Ground Zero. Just fucking who gives a shit? Please stop talking about it. It doesn't exist, everybody. Do you guys understand? We're just talking about fairy tales, right? Pie in the sky. There's nothing. Nothing ever happens. The fucking 19 guys that flew the planes into the fucking trade towers are dead and they're gone and they're zeros. They're not banging virgins. They're not hanging out with Allah playing a fucking lute or a, a harp. They're zero. They're nothing. It, it drives me insane. Why don't people start talking about this more? Really? Are we that fucking stupid? We're narcissists who are aware of our own demise, and we have to create a fairy tale, and every land has invented their own, and some are more docile, and others are more aggressive, but every culture has their own little fairy tale, and guess what? None of them end with nothing. Like, you die, you go to the ground, and fucking maggots start eating you. They all, they all end with you going up, and you doing something, and you reuniting, and you being with Allah, or Bodhisattva, or whoever the fuck you are. It's a fairy tale, you idiots. You have no more chance of going anywhere than your fucking dog did when your dad backed over it in the seventh grade. So please shut the fuck up and let me enjoy the few short years that I have on the fucking planet. Because the joke's going to be on me. I'm going to have to hear you assholes going round and round and round and round and round with all your fucking retarded religious beliefs, and then I'm going to die and have nothing. I'm going to stare at the fucking lid of a coffin for eternity. And I, when I close my eyes and look back at my life, you know that thing where they go, oh, you close your eyes, you fucking close your eyes, and you flash back and you think, I'm going to hear religious assholes arguing. That's what my life will be. There'll be the totality of my life is hearing religious asswipes arguing over nothing. It doesn't exist. At least fucking have it be a bridge or some money or the Hope Diamond or, or Bugatti. Give me a break. <laughs> have it be a fucking condo in Boca Raton. Have it be something instead of zero, which is what it is, you fucking asswipes. And you know it's zero. That's why you're so fucking zealot. That's why you're zealots. They know it's a zero. Oh, believe me, they know. Believe me, there's a fucking part of their brain that knows it's a zero. They wouldn't be killing people if they didn't know it was a zero. They wouldn't be fucking suing people and arguing so vehemently if they, if they didn't know. Somewhere, it was a zero. Right. They know it. They're, they're human beings, but they're animals first. And they know there's nothing. Next story. Next. Fucking shits. Shut tell you up. Guys, did you see the P Pat Tillman story mm -mm. movie? The there yeah. is an amazing scene during Pat Tillman's funeral, where there's a lot of military people talking and a lot of bullshit, mm -hmm. Pat Tillman's younger brother gets on stage. I couldn't believe what I was seeing. Gets on stage in a T-shirt and jeans. He's got a beer in his hand. Yeah. Uh, looks like it's a Guinness. He wow. gets up. Th now, this is a very formal funeral because at sure. the time, this was a military hero who'd been, uh, who'd been killed in battle with the enemy, right, which we all found to be untrue. Yeah. Brother gets up there. 
with his beer and his jeans. And he says, I just want to say that all of you guys talking about uh, my brother in heaven, uh, my brother didn't fucking believe in that. He's in the fucking ground. Wow. He's gone. Yeah. And he sort of said it with a little bit of a smirk. Like he wasn't, you know, but he just said, my brother didn't believe in that. And he's in the fucking ground. I just had to say that. And that was his eulogy. Yeah. It is pretty stunning. So, should we wrap up this part of the news and bring in Larry? Yeah. Bring in uh, Larry. Teresa's news coming up. If you don't listen, you're an anti-Semite. Pat Tillman's from your neck of the woods, right, Paul Bryan? I don't know for sure where he's from. Played Arizona State and played for the Cardinals. Yeah. And by the way, just looked like he was like testosterone ripped off of that guy. God, that guy was just all man. By the way, I have now a brain tattoo. Mm-hmm. With the exact rhythm, the exact inflection, I'm going to have for the rest of my life of, I agree wholeheartedly. <laughs> I can't. The exact inflection. I know driving home in the middle of the night. I agree wholeheartedly. Yeah, I agree, agree she went wholeheartedly. Up. If they reconstitute the KGB in Lubyanka Prison in Moscow, <laughs> where they had that basement room with the drain, and if you saw that drain, by the way, that was it because yeah. there was a lot, there was dried blood on the end of that. Mm-hmm. That's the room where you walk. You see that drain? They say kneel down, please, and that was it. Right. If they reconstitute the KGB just to give me an Ipcrest file brain drain mm-hmm. where everything is gone. If there's anything left at all, and they say, Larry, can you speak? Do you have anything? Kids' birthdays, gone. Everything gone. Drinking, gone. Women, gone. Everything's gone. The last thing that's there will be, I agree wholeheartedly. <laughs> I, it's the I last thing. I agree wholeheartedly. Yeah, again, I, the exact, because of that inflection. That's so funny because I have a brain tattoo of you. <laughs> it's, you know the one it is. Here we go. We're driving to no. Florida. It's, is there anything... I, is there anything you do? Why that don't we take a five-minute break? No. <laughs> well, what is that? That's it's, just funny. What else do you do that's wrong? That. <laughs> that one I hear all day. Uh, I, I love that one. I don't know what that's from. But you and know now what? stop speaking. <laughs> <laughs> you know what, by the way, though? I, every time I hate when people come on every talk show, every TV thing, every cable thing, when they're selling, everyone's selling. That's not the selling. That's not what I hate. When they get asked something, it's the it's the I agree wholeheartedly. They always say, this drives me nuts of, you know, that's a great question. Yeah. And the, you know, that's Why a fantastic that? question. That is a really spectacular question. Yeah. Out of all the questions I've ever been asked, I'm stunned about how great the question was. And then they just give their answer. You want to say, you're already on the show. You're already selling your book. Shut up. You don't have to well, grease it, anybody up. Well, you know what it is. When you're dumb, you go, uh, and then you answer. When you're smart, you go, at the end of the day. <laughs> See, you're yeah, That's a good. You know what? Uh, glad Larry, you asked that. I'm glad you asked that question. I'm glad you asked that I'd like question. to take a long like, look at that. Like, uh, I'd like to answer that question the following way. Uh, at the end of the day, yeah, that's the cop version of uh, what I'm going to need you to do right now is go ahead and right. uh, step out of the car, okay, right now. Like that, and the election, I was like, I, because if you just, that's if right. politicians just went, uh, you go, well, that guy's an idiot. But instead they go, uh, Larry, Larry Miller, that is a fine, fine question. I'm glad you asked me that. And uh, I'm prepared to address that in the following manner. Uh, first off, let me say this. Uh, I'm a family man. I live in this community. I raised my children in this community, so I have the same concerns that you all have as well. My kids attend the same schools that your kids attend. 
I have to go out and work. I put my pants on one leg at a time. Larry, uh, well, uh, what was the question again? I'm going to vote for you. I don't even care what <laughs> right. the question was. The, uh, glad you asked that question. <laughs> the other one is, you know what you should be asking is. Right. Yeah, well, that's, by the way, I would turn it, but I have to say quickly, I love the cop thing of, when you're doing, go ahead. You know what I'm going to need you to do is go ahead and get out. I love the go yeah. ahead. <laughs> go ahead. I don't like it. I'm getting it on the airline now. Like, I like a, could you go ahead and put that seatbelt on for me? By the way. For me? For you? Exactly. We have that kind of relationship. How long have we been dating? Well, first of all. And then what? If I put the seatbelt on for you, do I get a blowjob later on in the men's room? Like, what What do I get out of our, out of this deal? By the way. For me. I agree wholeheartedly. But <laughs> I also, when that, that's, I really always thought when they say, for me, would you do this for me? Mm-hmm. Would you put the seatbelt on for me? And sometimes... If you're really being a jerk, sometimes you get the small touch on the forearm. Right. The, would you do this for me? Mm-hmm. And I always thought, I mean, years ago, 15, 20 years ago, I thought they hired a psychologist in the whole industry to say that if you make it personal, if right. whatever the instructions yes. are, it, right. and look someone mm-hmm. in the eye, because they deal with a lot of well, jerks on I'll tell you what they. I'll tell you what it is, and it's something we've gone through on the, the radio show. We haven't gotten into it too much on the podcast, which is, Cops do tons of extra talk because, and I'm, I'm sure at the academy they train them the same way they train them to use pepper spray and use the baton. You essentially have a pool of dumb guys. And everyone hates it when I speak ill of the cops, but it's hard not to, especially if you're in the Glendale, Burbank area or Los Angeles when there's so many chicken shit tickets handed out for nothing. Uh, I'm sure most of these guys wanted to do the right thing when they decided to sign up, but they ended up just writing chicken shit tickets for no front license plate. But you have a pool of essentially dumb guys, like the dumb guys from your high school, the guys who played on the football team and then played a year and a half of JC ball before they blew out their knee. Those are the guys, the sort of doofusy dudes you went to high school with. Because let's face it, if you want to be a cop, you're probably a doofus dude. And these doofus dudes, they're they let their fists do their talking, or they would let their wrestling do their talking, or their football do their talking. But their mouth, these guys weren't a bunch of class clowns and not a lot of chatty Cathy's in that group. So what they do is they say, look, we have a pretty dumb guy, and he's not exactly a wordsmith, and he's going to be pulling over a lot of people. Some of those people are going to be inebriated, intoxicated. Some of those people are going to be doing that. Hey, man, what's the matter? No one's robbing a bank? What do you mean, Speed? You got the wrong guy. You didn't hit me the radar gun. That was wrong. Uh, there's no other guy driving a silver Impala in North Hollywood? In blah, blah, blah. And what they do is they shut them down through the extra speak. And they know if they leave a gap, like if you go, uh, so, could I have your license? and then just go silent for long periods of time, you're going to get a lot of, officer, what is this about? I've never been written up with a ticket before. I don't understand why I pay my taxes. But if you do a lot of, sir, what I'm going to need you to do for me right now is go ahead and give me your license, and then go ahead and give me your license and proof of registration, okay, right now. You can't do anything. Your mind is just processing what they're saying. There's no talking back to them. So I think it's a weird, retarded kung fu move they learn at police academy and that's why they do it otherwise and the stewardesses do it too they don't want you it's like waitresses and waiters have no peripheral vision i've had guys walk past me like fucking flapping my hands up like i'm on the deck of an aircraft carrier and i'm walk right past me and go if that was a normal human being they'd have to turn and acknowledge you but as a waiter and a waitress you can't stop and look at every Yahoo who wants to fill up on their iced tea, right? So you learn this skill. 
I think the stewardesses and the cops learn the talkover skills so you do not get the, uh, hold on, I ordered Miller Lite about an hour ago. What the? Sir, what I need you to do for right now is go ahead and buckle that up, please. Get sheet up conversation. Okay, right now. No, it's like a phone sex line. You can't yeah. leave a gap. Then right. that guy's going to decide to hang up or right. finish. you got to keep it going. Well, okay, what I need you to do for right now is go ahead and come on my face all right, okay, right now. But it's the go ahead again. <laughs> Yeah. It's the go-ahead that I love. By the way, where I hate the talking thing is, I think they all get taught, like hostage negotiators are talk. Just keep the guy talking. Right. And I have so little pain when it's someone on a bridge, you want to say, you know what? You have slowed traffic down for seven hours. You have stopped people going to work and coming home. You know on what? You've bridge. cost yeah. a zillion dollars in, in people and rescue workers who are getting already. Sure. You know what? You jump now right. or you shut up and go home. <laughs> right. And let's get this done right now. And Larry either way... Miller. I don't care. Suicide prevention. Huh? That's yeah. yeah. You got a show. No, okay, right now. Yeah, I. It's weird. The for me uh, now, it's kind of like when they go when you're at the market and they go, "Have a nice day." Now they put the now at the yeah. end. Have a nice day now. Goodbye. I, now. I, I need that. I don't need the now. I don't need that kind of pressure. But uh, for me, it's weird because what part of buckle your seatbelt would you not understand? I, I have to disagree wholeheartedly because for <laughs> Wait, some I think reason... You, I think you mean wholeheartedly. wholeheartedly. Yeah. Because for some reason, I've actually always liked that. Maybe because I flew from such a young age. Uh-huh. There's something maternal like, can you do that for me? I, I like it. By the way, so do I, by that's, the way. A, that's the same, the exact same inflection Colonel Clink spoke with. Uh, right. you're, you're right. You put a little waiver on the end of it. Hogan! Go Hogan. up. Hogan! He'd go up. He'd what go else up, do you do that's wrong? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you like the for me. I don't know. There's something I, I like the sweet. for me, too, by the way, and I'll tell you why. There's an old thing we used to have as com- when we were all baby comics and we started working around the country. We always knew when, uh, and we were single, so we were always talking about, uh, what's the word, women. And right. so we always knew, though, and we compared notes, and there was a thing that Southern women did which was familiar like that, that was shattering. It was, you know, it's like the Beach Boys song. Well, East Coast girls do this, or Northwest girls do that. But there's an older Southern woman thing where they would touch the forearm. Mm -hmm. And I'm telling you, that was death. When someone would look at you and say, you know, it's so interesting, and a little touch on the forearm, just a light touch on the forearm, the personal touch. Mm -hmm. Now, admittedly, we were 23 and we were looking for anything. But I thought that was so cool and so strong. Mm -hmm. And that's my version. I think it's in the same world for me. All right. Would you do this for me? Yes, I will. In fact, if they could have said that to terrorists, would you do me a favor? Would you get out of the cockpit right now for me? Oh, okay, sure. <laughs> just, just do something for me. Just put down the box, cut it for me. That's Please. right, just for me. And by the way, sure. And by the way, are you a virgin? <laughs> <clears throat> All right, well, I'm going to need you to do it right now. Let's go ahead and do some hypothetical questions for me. Okay, right now, Larry Miller? <laughs> it's the hypothetical road trip. Go ahead. I like to go ahead. <laughs> go, go ahead, give me a license. Go no ahead. Wrong answers. We're driving to Florida. All right, Larry. Here we go. Three questions. No wrong answers. Well, that's the best part because, yeah. as you know, I, I haven't. Ha- I've, my record has not been unblemished, but mm-hmm. I, I always have hope. So let's just go. Uh, this is the. Uh, this is. Uh, yeah. This is the Santa Monica Pier to uh, the Epcot Center in uh, Orlando. Here we go. Right. The guy who works on the screenplay at Starbucks. Mm-hmm. He's sawing mm-hmm. away on that thing all day. Versus the Holocaust denier. Oh, wow. Oh. That's that's deep and easy. First of all, I <laughs> there's no other pairing. I would know I was about to pounce and say I can never be in a closed space mm-hmm. with the guy who's writing the screenplay at Starbucks. Mm-hmm. First of all, I always want to say 
you, you got to go now. They can't make a living. Someone else needs that chair. It's only $1.75 you spent. Right. I, I just don't get that. Right. And plus, you want to say, you're not writing a screenplay. No one can write a screenplay. You shouldn't have windows. You should have a closed room like this with cinder blocks. Right. want to be a writer. So I normally despise that guy, mm-hmm. but right. I can't. I can't live on the same planet. I would actually commit a manslaughter with a Holocaust <laughs> denier. Oh, sorry. What? I thought that was good. Because you could turn him around, Larry. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> you could. You would convince him. No, You're very you mean, convincing. And you know what? What if he convinced me? Would, what if we ended oh, the trip with oh, me oh, saying, God. I agree no. wholeheartedly? <laughs> <laughs> you would Google a couple of images, and I think you would win him over with your Holocaust humor. Uh, oh, no. I, yeah. I don't think... That's a lot yeah, of pressure. One of us over. would be dead, or I would agree. You'd win him over, and then you know what? You'd infect him with truth and love and he'd go back to his little clan meeting and he would it would spread like the AIDS virus wow. the AIDS of truth <laughs> the AIDS of truth yeah. if that's not a good patient title zero. by the way I don't know what is the AIDS I'm of sorry. truth I'm sorry oh for one Larry let's keep well, moving I thought, oh. I'm going to have to ask you to quit complaining okay right now okay for me <laughs> All right. Agent of a D-list celebrity who doesn't know his client is a D-list celebrity. I've had to deal with a couple of these ass wipes, uh, like where they they ask for money. And it's Dixon? like, that's more than, huh? <laughs> Dixon, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he has one on his D-list. Or uh, the guy who treats uh, uh, everything, uh, everything he says is controversial. He, it's not controversial, but he he he, he decides. With a How lot do we of know there was a Holocaust? Right. Yeah. By the way, I first of all, I would never drive. This is easy. I would never drive with the guy who makes everything controversial because he's a serious bore. He's a serious moron. Mm-hmm. The at least the D-list guy, the agent to the D-list celebrities. I could. I would love to say. To me, that's hope springs eternal. Mm-hmm. And this guy, I would rather have that agent selling an actor than a. Agents mm-hmm. who never pick up the phone and just wait for the for mm-hmm. calls to come in. Right. So you know what? I would always take never the boring guy who makes things controversial. Mm-hmm. Always take the D-list agent who is always talking up his clients. And don't just oh, what? Oh, How could you say no? Give it a moment I'm because sorry. there's times when sometimes Larry <clears throat> he's got to be right sometimes. No, it. What? No, it just seems, you know, you don't even take a second to process. No, I love that. That It's like asking the third base ump going for the, wait a minute, what, that was a, that was a ball. Let's take another look. Going him and he goes, no. No replay. Yeah, no replay. And no no explanation on that one. That's oh. just wrong. And you know who agrees with me? Who? One Tra- Tra- Tracy Metro. That's who agrees I with me. agree wholeheartedly. Oh, wait, her agent is right. going to be on the trip with you. Uh-huh. Yeah. I agree wholeheartedly. And also, maybe that agent can book Rochelle Spector again on the show. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Shall we do one more? Let's see if we can just get All out. Right, Let's still, get out of a victory here. Okay. A chick obsessed with the benefits of breastfeeding mm-hmm. never yeah. stops talking about how important it is to the development and, oh, they, they work, oh, the white blood cells and the disease and these kids, and that starts quoting a bunch of... Bunch of studies out of they'll Finland. They'll get asthma. Yeah, they'll get they, asthma. You know. Or the uh, or the high school drama teacher, heavy set woman, uh, what t- tells you stories that you know are bullshit. I worked a semester with Woody Harrelson when he was fifteen years of age. He told me once I was the best that person. By the way, heavy set, but with really nice nails. Yes. And, yes. No, his. I would always drive. Always drive mm-hmm. with the uh, with the heavy. Give me the first one again. I forgot. It's, I had a good joke. A chick. Oh, the breast. Best, right. best, right. best I would never drive with the drama teacher because uh-huh. I don't want to hear her. You know her emptiness about mm-hmm. what she's done. And mm-hmm. always, I have to pick 
Anytime any woman is going to be talking about breasts, I have to go with that. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sorry. What? That's, I happen to like. That's in, in, incorrect. Because, Could be nice. Well, I'll tell you, once again, we've run into this before. Uh-huh. You're going to be eating a lot of fast food. You're going to be driving through. You're eating on the road. And she's going to be explaining how that stuff enters the system, is passed through the milk. At a certain point, you're going to want to pop a Percocet or something like that. She's going to say that that, again, can be. And then she's going to do some double extrapolation where if you were actually impaired when you were, during inception that your seed could be poisoned somehow. And everything from the headliner in the rental car to the fabric on the seat to the fast food uh, hot chili dog you were devouring, it all be how it enters your system and leaves and via the breath. you can pump in the car, by the yes, way. Yes, she could be pumping in the car. Well, by That's the way, right. I'm it's sorry, one of those, right, another, right. perhaps you're right, but you know what? Perhaps. Perhaps. Well, Ask Tracy Metro. That's how these, that's I, I agree wholeheartedly. <laughs> what cracked me up about that, though, is, again, the phrase thrown in, and we've run into this before, but <laughs> we've run into this before. <laughs> 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 that, you know, sometimes you'd be stopping a lot. <laughs> we have run into I'm that. so sorry, Larry. Thank you right, so well, much for coming in. Sorry, Larry. Better luck next time you play the hypothetical road trip game. Uh, you go to LarryMillerHumor.com and you find out all the dates where he's playing and coming to a town near you. Larry, thank you again to come in here and really... Go through what you go through with this on a weekly oh, basis. It's hard. You feel like the deck is stacked against him you when really the outro do. already and, announces and, and you know lost. what? Nobody's rooting harder for you than our team here. Well, really? Yeah. 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 I mean, well, nobody. There's no group. There's no I bigger. Agree wholeheartedly. There's no bigger group of Larry Miller fans here, and we're all pulling so hard for you, Larry. Oh, okay. Because I was detecting some cynicism, but no, you're saying just, no? Uh, we're all big fans. We're pulling hard for you. We're oh. trying to stack the deck as much as we can, and uh, you okay. know, what's done is done. Well, I feel better. Okay. Again, Larry, LarryMillerHumor.com is uh, where you go. Thank you very much, Larry. Better luck next time. (laughs) Chris Parnell's uh, getting ready to come in here. That clip from 2010 featuring Larry Miller wholeheartedly agreeing. (laughs) I agree wholeheartedly? Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Uh, All right. Oh, and I can't wait for uh, tomorrow's episode of Crow Classics when we get Chris Parnell in studio, kids. That guy has one of my favorite voices. Yeah, he's great. And then it's, it's weird because he was previously on the show, but he was on the episode of Aisha Tyler guest hosted that Adam's probably never heard. We've played previously yeah. uh, when they were promoting uh, Archer, and they had a bunch of cast members on from that. Uh, so it's, it's interesting to finally have him in the studio on the ACS format on the podcast, and that's what we'll be playing tomorrow. Can't wait. All right, let's get going with our next clip. But first, I want to remind everybody about Tommy John. Look, we've talked about scrotal distancing. You're struggling to separate the guys from your thighs. But that means it's time for Tommy John's hammock pouch underwear. All right, when you're wearing Tommy John's hammock pouch underwear, you are that much more comfortable. You do everything better. And that's why Tommy John doesn't have customers. No, they have fanatics. And in our case, a super fanatic. They had to give me a straight jacket because of my little <laughs> Tommy John. I know. I was really worried about that. I hope that straight jacket was uh, just as comfortable as Tommy John, though, because they have dozens of comfort innovations. Moisture-wicking fabric, four times the stretch of competing brands, and with over 13 million pairs sold, balls across America love Tommy John underwear, and they got that best pair you'll ever wear, or it's free. Guarantee we got a deal for you. Tell them, Gio. 
right now, you'll get 20% off your first order at TommyJohn.com slash classics. That's 20% off your first order of underwear and loungewear at TommyJohn.com slash classics. TommyJohn.com slash classics. See site for details. All right, let's get going with our next clip. This one features an incredible comedian. I remember I saw her at UCB about a year before she came into studio and was completely blown away. So when she uh, when she finally came in in 2016, I was giddy. I was really giddy to have her sitting in the room with Adam. It's Adam Carolla Show, episode 1816, featuring Ali Wong, Vinny Tortorich, not in this portion, Gina Grad and Brian Bishop. This one was from May of 2016. It's Ali's second appearance. Her first one was years prior, and I had actually just seen her before that one at the Nerdist Theater. Uh, so it's interesting we both saw her randomly, and then she was on the show. Yeah. This is Ali's interview. It's pretty great. Hope you guys enjoy it. In the spirit of Murrow, Cronkite, Brokaw, here's another great moment in local news. It's considered the Super Bowl of fashion and it's underway right now in Manhattan. Yes, we are talking about the Metropolitan Museum of Art Costume Institute benefit, also known simply as the Met Gala. Who is that, guys? Taylor, Taylor Swift. Swift, my favorite. She's wearing Louis Vuitton. That's right. She's one of the two co-chairs of the night. She's I like more... her boots. I like her. Uh, she did her hair light blonde, the metallic dress. It just looks cool. She's it wearing that very well. <laughs> that is excellent observation. Uh, okay. Okay, Paul, here's uh, Taylor's date. She's wearing that very well. That's a great moment in local news. Now, back to the Adam Carolla Show. Allie Wong is in studio. Baby Cobra is the name of the stand-up special. It's on Netflix, and uh, it is just fantastic. I watched it uh, this very day, Allie. Oh, man. Thanks so much. That means a lot. Not many people have seen it, so... Very smart. It's very smart. It's it's, It's just a... Um, I mean, I can tell your, your, your intelligence just sort of shines through. It's funny, but that it's, it's just, it's, it's, it's so well crafted. Oh, thanks. The I verbiage. That. Yeah. I mean, I've been work, I've been doing stand up now for like 12 years and I, it was hard to work on the special because I was pregnant. And yeah, seven and a half months, I think you said, in the in Yeah, the, in the, the doctor told me the day before I flew out to shoot it. She was like, you can't take any more trips um, because I had this condition called IUGR where my umbilical cord, the blood wasn't flowing like freely from mm-hmm. the placenta to um, the baby. So she was like, no more trips. And I was like, I, I have to take one more trip. <laughs> and she was like, no more. And I was like, I have to. Where'd you film it? In Seattle. I could only work out my hour um, in places that were like one to three hours away from L.A. Where uh, where in Seattle? At the Neptune Theater. Oh, we played there a few times. Yeah. That's a great, it's a great crowd. Um, Funny, we can play, I I was laughing at the HPV bit. There's a funny racism bit. I was was laughing because I had a thing with Dr. Drew where he's like, you have HPV. Oh! It's undetectable in men. That's well. There is a there is there is a way. Had some serious HPV. (laughs) There is a way to detect it. (laughs) There is. I feel like HPV is one of those things. Like when you're in your twenties or in your thirties, where it's like you remember when you were as a woman. I was, I think, in like high school, and all the girls admitted that they masturbated. Mm. Then I feel like HPV in their thirties. It's like, yeah, it's okay, girl. 
I got HPV too. Yeah. Everybody has it. Yeah, it's like it's not a big deal. I, I feel that way with the, about the TV show Alf. Yeah, and I was like, I, I thought that show was kind of funny. Dude. I, thought, I, thought, I, I mean, was it all wasn't all gold, but a lot of it was pretty good. I mean, it was. I mean, there's no scientist, no master scientist, or anything like that. There's definitely a couple of smiles in there. Yeah, I mean, for sure. I mean, it wasn't great, but it wasn't bad. I mean, it was. Yeah, I've had that conversation with every comedic mind. Where I go, I kind of like Alf. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I thought I was the only one. Yeah. Alf was your HPV. Uh, yeah, that's my HPV. ALS. I think Alf had ALS. HPV. Yeah. <laughs> um, <clears throat> yeah, I'll tell you. We'll we'll watch. We'll watch a little. We watch a little HPV. <laughs> yeah, and then just twenty five seconds. I'm gonna do a little racism. I grew up a lot this past year. Uh, this past year, I also got married. Yeah. To a man who now has HPV. <laughs> Very lucky guy. He gave me something. I gave him something. Holding a ring. That will also last forever. <laughs> <laughs> I had to go back and watch that. I was watching on my computer and I stepped away from it. I turned it all the way up and then he went, She gave me he gave me something and I was like, Oh, I gotta go see, well, it's a gotta go see the joke. <laughs> Yeah, uh, there is a way to detect it. Dr. Drew, you, you dump uh, acid on your dingling, oh and then you uh, shine a black light on it, mm. and you get the little white caps. Wow, mm. you have like a rave in your pants. Yes. Yeah. You yeah. time travel back to the 90s. Yeah. That yeah. sounds great, actually. Well, I'll tell you. That sounds like a really fun way to find out. Yeah, yeah get the glow, glow sticks stick. out. Yeah. It takes a, 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 a very confident individual to do it live on the air on a syndicated uh, nightly radio show, but uh, I think Dr. Marcel came in when Dr. Drew told me, oh, you got it. And by the way, what, what, about the third time Dr. Drew told me I had HPV, I was like, oh, you got HPV. Telling me I have it yeah. means you have it, Dr. Well, Drew. Well, here's the other fun thing about having an STD when you're married. It's like, I already got you. Yeah. What are you going to do? Run away? You got it, too. That's right. <laughs> We're both in this. Yeah. Let's just pass it back and forth mm-hmm. and die together. Yeah. Yeah. It's over. I wish I had that with my wife. We don't have that kind of closeness. <laughs> I, I I said, I bet him 100 bucks. I said, I don't have HPV. And he said, you, you do. And I said, prove it. And he said, you do, but you don't know it. And they dumped the acetic acid, I think it oh. is, on your dork. And then they look at it in, the, in a dark light. And you could imagine it foaming. Up wow. where there was a lesion, oh. like if you put a little, you had a little cut on your hand, and yeah. you dump that acid on it. Or but hide- it's a ghost hydrogen lesion; you can't see it. Well, with it, the black light, with the black yeah. light and the uh, acid, but uh, <laughs> nope, came out clean. Yeah. So, uh, mm-hmm. but uh, you know, you could all try it. <laughs> Just grab yourself some acid <laughs> oh, and really? glow stick. <laughs> yeah, uh, we got another clip. Where do we have the uh, racism clip? For marriage, it can be nice to be with somebody of your own race. The advantage is that you get to go home and be racist together. (laughs) You get to say whatever you like. You don't got to explain shit. My husband, half Filipino, half Japanese. I'm half Chinese and half Vietnamese. And we spend 100% of our time shitting on Korean people. It's 
amazing. It's a very funny uh, stand-up special. And, uh, again, it's on uh, Netflix. And so... uh, Tour dates? Let's see what I got this here. Yeah, I'm going to be in D.C. in in June at Draft House. And I'm going to try to bring – you guys were talking about breastfeeding. And I was, like, so nervous about what I'm going to do because it's going to be my first road date since I had the baby. So – and I have – I've gone to San Francisco for like a day, and I had to pump mid-air. 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 So you're playing basketball. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Wait a minute. And it's not because you have a baby with you. It's because you have to pump. Because I have to pump, and the baby's not with me. Right. And so, and I have to empty out. Otherwise, my, you know, the boobs get like all veiny. It looks like a bad boob job. Drippy. Oh. Gross. No one wants that. And so I was sitting between two dudes who look like they work at Pawn Stars. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like... <laughs> I got to pump Chumley. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I just got to do it. And then, and they were totally cool about it. I mean, who wouldn't? Of course no. they were cool about it. I just yeah. looked at myself and Free went show. about my business. Free show. Did you give them a heads up? Yeah, I told them. Because it was just, it's just weird. Otherwise, it looks like I'm about to assemble a bomb. Right. Because oh, you're putting point. all these parts together. Yeah. <laughs> uh, How long does it take? 10 to 15 minutes. Wow. All right. So, yeah, you can't. There's no, I'm going to go to the bathroom and no. take care of this. Yeah. It's way too long. Yeah. So you did it. And so you said to the guys, like, here's what I need to do. And they were like, yeah, all right. Yeah, they were like, cool. Did, did they, you, didn't sta- they, like, tried not to stare. But yeah. I could tell that, you know, they did the look down and everything. And it's fine. I don't right. care. Because my, my titties aren't my titties anymore. They're not. They're, they're your, like your a, son or daughter. They're yeah. They're they're two refrigerators. Right. That's all they okay. are. And I'm like not a sexual person anymore. Did uh, <laughs> yeah? I know she switched frames. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> she went to her non-sexual frame yeah. glasses. Uh, your husband, he uh, it was he uh, was at Harvard Business. Yeah, he went to Harvard Business School. And is he able to? Uh, are you still the breadwinner, or we we work we, it sh- out? we share? Yeah, we yeah, share. yeah. We what share. business is he in? He is in like the tech industry. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. How does he feel that, I mean, new mom and everything out on the road, pumping on planes between the Pond well, Star I guys? Haven't like- been, I haven't been on the road yet. So he's going to come with me when we go to D.C. and the baby because I that five hour flight to D.C., I was like, I don't want to pump when uh, I just don't want to pump on a five hour flight like a couple times. And, and how is he, you know, uh, you hear Asian, uh, Harvard. Uh, business degree, we think a little bit uptight, a little bit buttoned down. A lot of the act is talking about sleeping with other guys and, you know, the venereal disease and that kind of stuff. (laughs) Most folks, most husbands, probably not a huge fan of that component of the act. But how is he with it? Is he there? Is he cool? He's he's super cool. He watched the first show of my special and then he just worked on his laptop for the second show. He could, I mean... He's like, yeah, you're pretty funny on stage, but I'm a lot. He thinks I'm a lot funnier at home. Like when he's working on. So his he lap- watched the first one, and then he went to the laptop. Then he went to the laptop. Give me the laptop sound. <laughs> Here's what he was doing. Oh, sorry. All work and no play makes Jack a dull boy. All work and no play makes Jack a dull boy. All work and no play makes Jack a dull boy. Sorry. Is that from the Shining? Yep. Thank you. Stephen King. All right. He's he's a lot. He thinks I'm a lot funnier at home, and he's a lot funnier at home. Mm-hmm. He's funnier than me at home, but I'm the only person. I think he's the funniest person in the world, but he only does the kind of shit he does at home for me, mm-hmm. which is very special. Because for me, you know, I'm around funny dudes all the time. Sure. And um, but he's like he's super goofy, and I love it. All right. Yeah. Well, good. And he's cool. 
Yeah, he's super cool. I mean, it would have been very easy. I think it's hard for a female stand-up comic to find love because yeah. you're around a lot of funny dudes. Um, and it's like, who's going to be? And it's like, it becomes the most masculine quality. It's like, if you can make me laugh, that's more important than earning money. That's more important than like anything else in the world. Uh, but then all those dudes in your field are kind of dysfunctional and competitive <laughs> and you don't want to like wake up next to someone who's like, you know, gossiping to you about how they had a bad set and how they're jealous that this person got killed and you didn't. They got Montreal. Can I say this? I, I think it's kind of a perfect storm, which is comedians shouldn't be dating other comedians. This is crazy on crazy crime. Yeah. Like, where are there's already one of you that's nuts in this relationship. Go find a yeah, crossing an guard or something. Yeah, <laughs> right. find find a sane person. Find an accountant or somebody to kind of let, you know, you need to add some flour to this yeah, crazy no, stew fauna. you're cooking yeah. on. Not, <laughs> not, but it's hard because when you're a woman, you're out at night and there's like, there's all these dudes like hitting on you or whatever when you're standing up and you're like, and it's late and you're like, okay, like, I guess I'll sleep with you. And then you just get stuck. Sure. Sleeping with these people. Well, and- do, you, do you, do you need, I, uh, I'll tell you, I'll tell you, I'll tell you what, there's a lot of stuff that's wrong. One is I don't feel like most comedians, male comedians need a, par- a partner that makes them laugh. Totally. I, I'm done. They just need I, someone who need, who listens and goes and watches their set. <laughs> don't even need that. Yeah, they don't, maybe they don't even need that. I don't. Is, is Lynette ever showed up to a show that I've ever done in town or, or out of town that you're aware of? I can't specifically Vegas remember. Is the uh, only one I can think of. But she was there for yeah, Mangria there for business. Mangria, but I there. literally do Kimmel, and she doesn't watch. I've never seen that, her at anything in LA that that night. I don't care. I, evidently, she doesn't either, or she's aware that I don't care, and it, it doesn't matter. But most comedians are so needy totally. that they hook up with, and, and guys hook up, so they put all the pressure on the person that you got to watch, you got to have a full report they, for me. They're like it, with a fan, like the number one, their number one fan. And I right. think that's the wrong way to but go. But I feel like female comedians need to hook up with someone who makes them laugh. Like Sarah Silverman needs to hook up with someone who makes her laugh instead of a normal person. Mm, right. And people that make them laugh are oftentimes more neurotic and nuttier than they are. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. Interesting. Mm. Do you, ta- do you, you talk got about- You got a husband who makes you laugh but then zips it as soon as you leave the house, <laughs> which is smart. Yeah, he's really he's really calm. Both uh, both him and I grew up in like I mean a lot of people ask me, what do your parents think about you doing stand-up comedy? And I think... That's an Asian thing. I think that's an Asian thing. And the assumption yes. there is that, like... Which is totally fair and safe, that I grew up in a really, like, a tight, rigid Asian family. But I grew up with, um, like, really unconventional parents who were, like, super liberal and progressive. And he did, too. So we both coming from that background, we're both pretty... You know, our our parents are really chill, and he's really... I'm going to yeah. tease a question, and I know Gina's got a question as well. Uh, don't answer, but I, I really do think some people have a, a sort of gift. Like a, There's like three comedians. There's a sort of gifted, funny, like a musical ear or an ability to do impersonations. Then there's, I'm not funny, but I'm just going to will myself. I'm just <laughs> oh, going to play yes. the part of a comedian. <laughs> and then there's... I'm not really that funny, but I'm super smart, and I can take that and point it any direction, 
and I would just be a funny lawyer, mm. or a great lawyer, yeah. or a funny stand-up comedian because I'm smart, and I'll just take mm. it the direction I, I want to go with it. And Gina has hers. So I almost called you Vinny. <laughs> Allie. Um, <clears throat> you are uh, highly intelligent. I can tell them watching your stand-up. You also have a great sense of humor. But for you, which, 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 is, which do you rely on, do you think? And or were you always a funny person, or were could you? Your parents want you to be a veterinarian, and you said, "I'm going to take my smarts and turn it toward comedy." Um, I was always like a funny person outside of my house, but I think that um, I grew up the youngest of four, and my siblings are all like they're all like ten plus years older than me. Like one of my sisters, I think, is about to turn fifty, and so um, I was really quiet in my house and at the dinner table because. When you're the youngest, nothing you say has any sort of credence Mm -hmm. Um, because everyone's like, that's so stupid. You know, like we've been through like, how can you make that overarching statement that like broccoli is disgusting? You'll see. It's like it's not disgusting. You'll like it later. You'll want to eat broccoli or whatever. Dismissive. Totally dismissive. So when I went outside of the house to like camp, I was like the funny person because I was like, listen to me. I'm a different person. And I think to this day, my family's like, I can't believe that people would pay to watch (laughs) her you know um and i don't know so and then uh i was like an academic person but i was never really that good at anything and the only thing i was ever good at was making people laugh but now off stage i'm a really like subdued person and i think amongst my friends i'm not the funniest person because like i get so tired of being on on stage all the Mm -hmm. time that like i'm a lot more like subdued and calm and quiet now uh so I don't know if that really answers That's your good. question. Gina, yeah. you had a question. I did. I, I'm always curious about this with comedians and maybe more so with females. I'm not sure. But uh, you, you said that your family, your husband's super chill. How much do you bring the people that are most personal to you into the act? And if so, how much discretion do they ask you to give? Uh, I don't think I, you know, my family's really private. So I think... I don't bring them too much into that because people are always like, talk about your family. And there's a lot of crazy stuff with my family, but I try to not bring them too much into it. And then my husband kind of understands that it's so hard to fashion a joke. So even if it's not exactly about him, it might be, even if I have an idea that like about a sex story, it might be funny to say that it's, you know, him just because it's shorter, just right. for the sake of economy of language, instead of saying this white guy I dated three years ago <laughs> refused to put it in the back or something. It might be just quicker sometimes for me to say my husband. Right. Um, so he understands that, like, what I do is a lie that speaks a greater truth. You know, oh that God. it's like it's it's all the goal. The goal is funny mm-hmm. and that he's not really a victim, in it, you know. <laughs> And it's just jokes. Right. I, just- I, I like, uh, yeah. And it's so funny. Uh, hey, uh, Gary, uh, somebody tweeted me. Um, you know, we're talking about all this, like, victim mentality and everyone's and the microaggressions and the campuses and all that kind of stuff. Uh, somebody tweeted me the time that uh, Fletcher from Pennywise uh, trapped me and Drew. That and was the- me. <laughs> Oh, that was you. I Sorry, freaked. I was begging you to talk about it. I was planning to bring it up on Monday. <laughs> uh, we'll get it. We'll get it on Monday. But uh, the, the long and the short of it, and then we'll get in. We'll get it. We'll get in the nuts and the bolts on on Monday show. But he's a huge man. He physically threatened both of us. Mm-hmm. He said he was taking us to Poo Poo City. I'm not sure what that <laughs> oh meant. God. And he's and and, and well, listen. I played football, and I'm telling you, he's bigger than any guy I'd ever seen on a football field. He's just a mountain. I Fletcher is. 
was arguably bigger than Penn Gillette oh in, in real life. Just I, a massive man. Certainly girthy and mus- more muscular. You know what well, I mean? I looked, just his, huge. I looked up his stats after I watched it, and it, it was like 6'6", six, six, 300 pounds. But, but thick. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Dr. Drew is 6'2", 210, and well-built, and Fletcher <sighs> standing next to him Dwarfson. makes Dr. Drew look like a gymnast, right? <laughs> Yeah. yeah, he's a huge man. Gargantuan. And uh, he stood in front of the door. He said, he said, he said he's taking us to Poo Poo City. And he also said he had a grenade. Yeah. yeah. He's going to blow us up. And um, I think that was Anderson's first night. Can you imagine oh being training God. on the job? Like, yeah. This is my, just my new job. Yeah. Here's the point. Um, soon as the PD showed up and uh, we were released from uh, the studio, uh, there was no... F- paperwork filed there was no lawsuits i never said i felt threatened i he said he had a grenade and he was taking us to poopoo city and he wasn't going to let us out of the thing and i said uh, i never said i feared i never said i was threatened i never complained about any of it other than the inconvenience part of it mm-hmm. i told him during the commercial you can do whatever you want but i gotta leave at midnight because i <laughs> yeah. i gotta get out of here I'm off the clock i'm out so whatever you want to do in terms of abduction possible rape <laughs> You got to do it. You're on the clock. You're yeah, on the, you're on the clock. Minutes. That's all I told him is I'm leaving at midnight. Whatever's going on before it was like a, probably 11:40. Do whatever you want for the next 20 minutes, but then I'm splitting. Mm-hmm. And then that was it. But when I drove home, I wasn't crying. I didn't have to take a Silkwood and or rape shower. I didn't feel violated. And I didn't wake up in the middle of the night in cold sweats. And I didn't send any angry letters to the management of Pennywise or Fletcher or the management of the radio station or anybody. I mean, it, was, it was nothing. And that was an actual Right. Event. Situation. Yeah. That yeah. was an actual. That that was something. That wasn't Donald Trump's uh, manager putting his hand on somebody's <laughs> shoulder. That was a huge man saying he had a grenade and we're going to Poo Poo City. <laughs> and it still felt like nothing to me. So this whole part where everyone goes, well, don't you think this and don't you think that? It's the same thing. Uh, I told uh, Gloria Allred. I was like, well, don't you think these people in the audience, when Michael Richards goes off on a, I said, that's up to them. They don't have to feel violated and they don't have to feel threatened. You don't. I was being threatened and didn't feel violated and or threatened. That's up to you. It really is. And that's how I also feel about like a lot of people ask me, what is it like to be a woman of color in comedy? And it's like, well, if I wake up and say to myself every day, I'm a woman of color in comedy. How is that? It's like it's hard enough to be funny. Right. Just be funny. And like, if you're going to think you. about all of your limitations, Hold on, are you talking to me or is this still part of the <laughs> soliloquy? Just be funny. <laughs> Stay on point. <laughs> but like, just if you think about all of your like limitations and everything and all of like your boundaries, then they become real. But they're not real. They're like social constructs. They're not like that event could be like real if you made it, you know, more real if you made it more real. Hey, it's all. It's all either something or it's nothing. It just depends how you perceive it. Yeah. And uh, as I've said all the time, I just told uh, Max Zapata this. Uh, you get the crazy neighbor and I, they're crazy requests and crazy complaints and whatever it is. And I always just go, if you were black, you just think this person was a racist. There's right. no other thoughts. There's no other thoughts except for it. Then when it happens to the white guy, you're like, oh, not racist. Mm crazy uh, i get it and that's how but but max paddle backed me up with this neighbor if you were black or anything else you'd have no other conclusion to draw other than this person's a racist 
That's, that would be the only conclusion you could draw. Your mind goes first. Right. Yeah, it seems like she was out to get me. Yes. <laughs> well, why, why even go through life that way? I don't, and, and the thing is, too, is also, do you have a choice of, of not being a woman or not being of Asian descent? And if the answer is no, well, then get on with it. Yeah. That's, that's the whole thing. Because you're, you're sitting there and debating something that's not really up for debate. Totally. Either... It's such a boring question, and even though, like, I think their intention is good, it's kind of like a not a sexist question, but it's basically it's condescending. It's, it's condescending, so and it's like you're like if I, you know, it's like why don't you ask me about my ideas or what do you know well, something like it's that? It's like saying how how do you do this knowing that you're less than because right. of A and B, yeah. yeah, which is not how you see yourself or, and how you should or, see yourself, or that people look at you as less right, than, right? It's really, especially with comedy, it's, it's basically sports. It's uh, go out on the field and either kick ass or don't, totally. and then, then that'll be it. Yeah. Uh, we don't really care what the sport is or what mm-hmm. the color is or what the nationality is. Just go out there, dribble the ball, hit the ball, or you know, hit the guy. Mm-hmm. Whatever it is, go do it. I. That's what sports kind of teaches us, whether it's the, the baseball diamond or the octagons. It's like whoever's kicking the most ass, you know... Arguably, the two biggest sports stars in MMA are a blonde chick, and then there's McGregor, who's the whitest dude on the world, and then there's John Jones, who's the blackest dude in the world, and that's it. Yeah. yeah. A bunch of weird guys whose names we can't pronounce from Brazil. <laughs> that's it. Who, 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 who kicks the most ass? Yeah. That's basically how we're wired. We don't like have to talk... To him or her, or I mean, just go in the talk octagon your, and kick ass. Yeah, That's and then it. talk about your craft, talk about your skills or whatever. And it's the same thing with cooking. Like if you watch those cooking shows, like Chopped or whatever, mm-hmm. it is like the talk about diversity. Those are like some of the most diverse shows you'll ever see because again, it's one of those things where it's like come in the arena and just like the food. The food will speak for itself. Mm-hmm. The fight will speak for itself. The set will speak for itself. Right. Um, uh, why? And and since there's no way to steer it any other way than the fight, the set, the food, whatever will speak for itself. Why are we speaking about it? Mm-hmm. That's it's weird, and I, I don't. And it's insane that you probably have to walk around with an endless loop of these people asking your questions. I'm a white heterosexual male, so I don't yeah. have to answer any of those questions. Well, and it's a lot of uh, the question is is why are you trying to hold Allie down? Yeah. Would be my question. <laughs> it's also like sometimes a lot of Asian people ask me those questions too, and I'm like. Like, lift yourselves up, people, and just, like, ask better questions or, like, don't think of yourself as that. Like, go out, stop thinking about, you know, like, how your race influences your art and just do, just create shit. You know what I mean? Yes. Just get over the analyzing and go out and create shit. And don't keep gathering advice about how to carve a path for yourself and how to, you know, find a safe place to perform. Just go do it. Listen to me. We're never letting her go. Yeah. Yes. I, well, this is why this is what upsets me about when politicians start explaining to everybody how it just can't be done. Not yeah. in our society. That's why it drives me nuts. Like you're sending the worst message you could ever st- send to your constituency, which is uh, not an even playing field. Not going to work. Here's how. Here's here's why it's not going to work. That that is an insane and a more dangerous message than any message you could possibly think to send. It's all the message should be. Everyone's different. Everyone has reasons why they can't achieve 
Uh, but that's no reason and no excuse. Get out there, the sunshine, and get busy. And that was Ali Wong back in 2016. Adam really admired her work ethic. Oh, yeah. How can you not? Uh, and uh, definitely recommend checking out her specials and, uh, and that Netflix movie, Always Be My Maybe. Oh, yeah. All right, let's get going with our next clip. We got Sean Gunn. Yep, uh, brother of James Gunn, but uh, you know, actor in his own right. He's really actually quite uh, exceptional. Uh, he was on this, the first season of Angel. He was two different characters in the first season. That's very similar to Garrett Dillahunt, who's, who's two different characters in Deadwood. It rarely <laughs> happens where yeah. a, a studio production's like, we gotta get this guy back and play somebody completely different. But he's the same dude. Who cares? Yeah, I know. Uh, he's hilarious. Yeah, Gilmore Girls, uh, Kirk, if you're familiar. I think, I think if you Google him, you'll recognize his face. He has a very uh, very distinct look that you, you'd think when you see him, oh, he's that guy. Um, yeah, he's, a, he's an on-set rocket raccoon. I mean, uh, Bradley yeah. Cooper does the voice, but he's the rocket that's there. He's also uh, Kraglin, I believe his name is. He's the uh, commander in uh, both Guardians Galaxy 1 and 2. Uh, it's really nice having a cool brother who respects your acting abilities. Uh, it's Adam Carolla show up. So 2062, Sean Gunn, Gina Grad, Brian Bishop. Sean joins him for an interview, the Rotten Tomatoes game, and Gina's news. It is awesome. Check it out. Time for Nicaraguan Name That Movie with Adam's buddy Oswaldo. See if you can guess which movie this famous line is from. Kneel before thought. If you said Superman 2, Kneel before thought, you're correct. Now, back to the show. Dean Gunn is in here. We had his brother James Gunn in here a little bit ago. Now we're here to talk uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Did you say Dean Gunn? Oh, I should, Sean. sorry, Sean, Sean Gunn. Gunn. Sean Gunn. <laughs> Paula sorry. Dean Gunn. Paula Dean, Sean Gunn. Sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm not getting enough sleep. I think that's it's, it's, it's affecting me. Uh, Sean Gunn, sorry. Uh, oh, oh, oh. I had James written under it, and I said, I thought my James head Dean. went James Dean. I just yeah. did James Dean. Sorry. It's just James you ruined my big moment, man. It's <laughs> okay. Sorry. It's like, Quiet, sorry. Dean. I'll try it again. Sean Gunn is in here. <laughs> World Brother famous. James. Yeah, so we had in here. Uh, now we're talking Guardians of the Galaxy uh, Volume 2. Sorry. Thanks for the uh, correction. Uh, next Friday, uh, May 5th, everyone excited about this thing. Everyone pumped. Um, the uh, so James was in here and he said I I really think it's better than than the first. Yeah, I think it I think it probably is better. It's it's hard to judge though. I don't know. I'm so inside of it. It's hard to be. It's hard to watch something with a critical eye that you worked on for so long. But you've watched it with audience yeah. or with other people. Yeah, the reaction, the general people consensus. seem to be really into it. Um, but the first one was like that. So I think they both. You know, I don't know. It's not a competition. I think they're both great. Good answer, man. Mm-hmm. And uh, I heard that you not only are in the movie, but you stood in for uh, Rocket, the uh, raccoon, yeah, as well. Yeah, I, I play Rocket on set. So I do, I I actually, it's it's a process we developed over the course of the first movie um, where I literally get down on my hands and knees and I, I play Rocket. So I'm like working with the other actors and... Um, you know, uh, when we rehearse the scenes, I'm doing it with them. And then the animators 
will the visual effects team will then use my performance as reference when they animate him. So anytime he's doing, you know, his facial expressions and all that stuff is generally things that I did on set. That's got to be so much easier than acting opposite a tennis ball, <laughs> which I feel like is common. Well, so I mean, you, that's why we did it. Yeah. It's not just for sight lines. Like you really have to do it. Oh, yeah. No, I prepare it just like I do any role. It's just like, um, and then physically, because I can contort my body and I can actually like walk from a squatted position, which is a little oh, wait, crazy. We're looking at a picture, you know. Yeah. Oh, oh, well, this was much undersold to me because I, I when he said like stand in for rocket, I just thought. No, not stand in. I, I don't know who says stand in. I'm not a stand in. A stand in is, <laughs> Every is one what of they my put guys. in for the lights, you know, no, to, like, I, I, to change what the What I lights. mean is, is. It's okay. Pardon it's me. When, when, yeah, I no, thought, no, I oh, because when you're doing lines, you need someone to read the line, you know, and do the line, you know, just to kind of keep the pace and stuff. But I didn't know this was a much more involved process than that. Yeah, and I'm doing it for the Avengers movies now, too, So because they were crossing over. You say you can uh, contort yourself? Uh-huh. What is, how can you do that? Well, I just, I mean, I just can fold my body up really You're well. You're very slender. Is that part, yes. is that to do with it? Um, that is, I think, yeah. I think that's kind of why. Had many I've ribs always been slim. Mm-hmm. I was like, I had surgeries when I was a little kid. I was all like kind of messed up. And, uh, and yeah, so I can just get down and, and squat and sort of stay there. So anytime we're shooting a scene, what I'm trying to do is keep my eyes wherever Rocket's eyes are. Uh-huh. So when when he's walking, I I walked at that level, and you know when he's in the cockpit, I I just crouch into whatever. How are you able to move to. around at that in that position? Well, I can show you. Um, okay. I, 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 Max, <laughs> I don't know, Pat, get, get your phone it. out. Right. But I I well, no, just imagine me imagine me squatting right on the ground so that my you know so that I'm only like a few feet high, and then. I move my feet like this, but my my knees are up. Like a catcher. So, could I see it? Yeah, I'll do it. One uh, thank you. I, n- I never do this for people, but this is a yeah. special occasion. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm a fan that's of your show. I, that's what I love. Come my, on, brother, my brother's always a great guest. So <laughs> he is. I need to. Yes, I'm standing up now, and I'm so, trying to. Trying to look at it. So he's, he's in a catcher's crouch. Yeah, he's in a catcher's crouch. I walk, I walk like this. Right. Wow. Right. He's like a spider. Slink. Like a spider. You're slinking. <laughs> yeah. He's like Gollum, like a spider. And it doesn't hurt your knees and your back? Um, you know what? I, I, honestly, what it hurts the most are my ankles and my feet. So you said you had a bunch of surgeries growing up. What, oh, yeah. I don't know. I, uh, I was just born with like, uh, I, had a, I had like a deformed chest when I was born. I can't believe this is what we're talking about, but why not? It's all interesting. And uh, And I also had intestine problems and like... I was just the runt of the litter, you know. I was uh, the youngest of six, and I had all kinds of these, like, health problems. So, and Jay- Sh- Sean says to the doctor, I want to be able to play Rocket Raccoon. You're not going to know who that is, <laughs> no, but no. listen to me. I want to be able to do this. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, for you, so Guardians of the Galaxy coming up, and you're one of the henchmen in the movies. You play uh, mm-hmm. Craglin. Uh, and uh, so... You so it's really important that you do all the movements and all the facial expressions and stuff like that and the eye contact and everything because the, then the animators or the computer generators guys have to then do your face and then yeah. Bradley Cooper right then Bradley Cooper comes yes. in and lays it over that yeah they I th- the way I understand I mean I'm not there for all of po- for a lot of posts any of it really but the way I understand it they sort of do a a draft of of Rocket where they start to build the uh, you know the the CGI. Right. And then they, you know, so they sort of put the scene together and then Bradley comes in and it's, 
and it's and he takes it from there. So he knows sort of what the movements are and how the other actors are <laughs> reacting, and then he builds his performance from there. Is it motion capture? Is that what they're doing, or is it a different? You know, it's it's called motion reference, just because motion capture means that they do it through the computer. There's uh-huh. like an algorithm that takes care of it. Um, but in this case, a raccoon's face is too different from a human's face, and so they have to do it more <clears throat> manually. Interesting. Uh, are you out here in L.A. full time? Yes, I am. I've lived here for twenty years. Oh, twenty years. Yeah. So, so working as a working as an actor. Uh, do you write and create and do that stuff as well? A little bit, but it's always as a hobby, sort of. Like, you know, I wrote something I like. I've written a couple of things that have that have gotten made or helped on some producing stuff. But basically, I'm a, I'm a grinder as an actor. Like It says here, which now makes sense, that uh, you worked more days on Guardians of the Galaxy than uh, any other actor in the film. Sure. Which makes I, sense. I believe that's true for the second movie. Uh, we're going to play... Uh, Rotten Tomatoes game. I got a text from uh, Mike August that said you got an out that's a little earlier. But do you have a hard out? Or I'm, is I'm it, fine. You're I'm fine. fine. Okay. Yeah. Well, you see, time for a game. You have to. There's this weird thing, and I'll just be upfront with people in this town, which is sometimes people have hard outs. Like there's people like they're going to go do the Tonight Show, and the call times at four thirty, and yeah. they got to be wheels up here by four because I got to get across town, and that's like a hard out mm-hmm. or. They got a uh, Brian Cranston came in here once. He had a hard out, and I know he had a hard out because I drove him to the Burbank Airport where he had to catch a flight to go to uh, New Mexico to do uh, Breaking Bad. But then there are other hard outs where the publicist is just like, oh, half hour's long enough or whatever. So say he has a hard out. And listen, I've done it before, too, because sometimes you'll do someone's podcast and you'll be like an hour and 40 minutes in, and you'll be like, the guy will be like, yeah, thanks for staying with us on the phone. Hold on. Mom, don't do the laundry when I'm, when I'm potty. And then they come back and go, so what about Man Show season three and a half? And you, you go, oh, my God, what, what are we doing here? So there's sometimes when you, you'll tell them, like, yeah, you can have it 930, but it's got to be out of 10. Not because he's going anywhere, just because he's going to sit and rot with you. (laughs) My my heart out is in between. I'm going down to Disneyland to host this event, but I think they've given me tons of time. So, I mean, I think it's... All right. Well, good. You should should experience the Rotten Tomatoes game. That's... uh, So, let's Yeah, I'm excited. It's going to be good. Archie! He names the flicks of the game makes flicks mad. Archie! He's a schlubby guy, and when he drops... All right, now let's play the game. All right, so in honor of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, we're going to play a game themed around lesser known and or lesser thought of superhero movies. Starting in 1997 with Michael Jai White, John Leguizamo plays a really disgusting looking clown and Martin Sheen's in the movie too. It's a story of the burnt, scarred Hellspawn who... uh, keeps on doing good things despite the efforts of his demon guide in the movie spawn spawn you get you get burned like your skin gets burned you got two choices i'm gonna tell this to my boy you either go evil full time or you go protector from evil but living in shadows right but mm-hmm. you really can't just go on to a middle class <laughs> kind of life with, you will, will not be you. driving a taurus <laughs> And have two and a half kids. You get burned badly. You either go full evil 100% of the time or you go 
you know, more sort of phantom of the opera right. kind of protecting those. Well, and the, the tagline up here, the slug line sort of reflects that born in darkness, sworn to justice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you got to write your score down. They never have a moving beat-off scene with these guys. You know what I mean? It's like, and then, oh. you know that moment where the hot chick wants to thank him at the end and he's gone? Oh, yeah. He's just, he's gone. He's gone into back the night. into the night. He lives alone atop this tower or whatever. Like, said, there should be one realistic beat-off scene in, the, in these movies. Because if you did, you know, burn badly and sworn to justice, but living alone, yeah. there'd be a fair yeah, amount of beating off. Yeah, so, gone, I'm, you know, I'm you're a virile guy. Deadpool came close. To I'm, that. I'm assuming you haven't seen Deadpool. Oh yeah, that's he's right. He's facially scarred oh, and he man. masturbates. You're right. You're right. No, well, finally, this movie that you've been asking for. Right, I'm going to watch it. All right, Spawn. I think this is one of those movies that uh, I think that the community liked it. And I say the comic book community, I'm not the black community per se. I've got a score here, but I'm going to say they, they probably like it. There's probably a couple extra points for his black. Superhero, right? I don't know. Yeah, you get yeah. Like, yeah. Let's add on flick six get for that. Couple, couple extra mm-hmm. points for being progressive there. Seventy-two. Whoa! Whoa. I don't know. It's funny. If I had added my six that I said, I said you had, you had six for that, and that's I would have gotten your score. <laughs> Sixty-six. So. Yeah. Well, I did. I did the math. Yeah. Sixty-six is your guess. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. my guess. Sixty-six. This was so. They were trying to make like grown-up superhero movies for a few years, and it didn't work. And finally, Spider-Man came. Is like, oh, this is like what superhero movies can be. It was a big hit. I don't think this one worked. I don't think it was well received. I said fifty-one. Mm. Yeah, I could be really off to a rocky start here. I've never heard of it. This is not my genre. I'm going thirty-nine. Ooh, Spawn is rotten mm. at eighteen. Eighteen. Oh, 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 oh you Spawn. Well, I people gonna... like that movie. I might, it's so hold like... on, it would have been twelve if he wasn't black. <laughs> this is insane. They call it overbearing, overviolent. Oh boy, so that's yeah. why they missed on the grown-up superhero. All right. thing. Well, oh, gosh, wow. Well, Sean's got a hard out in about four <laughs> minutes, so maybe <laughs> we, should just, we should bring this home. Oh my, take God. it home. I really didn't think it would be that bad. <laughs> All right, here we go. Next up, a movie starring Hank Azaria, Ben Stiller, yeah. William H. Macy, and Jeffrey Rush. Yeah. About seven very lame superhero yeah. wannabes <laughs> who bad. now have to go into action because the real superhero, Captain Amazing, got kidnapped in 1999's Mystery Men. Saw this in the theater. Saw this many times. My, we were making this movie my, that my brother wrote called The Specials at the same time that was like everyone was comparing us to this movie because it was a similar, it was right. like a superhero comedy. Uh, was it directed did, by Ben Stiller? I did no. not see this. No. Okay. Wasn't one of them a bowler? Yep. That's right, the bowler. That <laughs> was a Gene Garofalo. Now, you guys like this. She had well, her dad's, yeah, we she were, had her dad's skull in the, in the bowling ball. <laughs> he right. was like 20. I was like seven. Yeah, so exactly. you got you to gotta be careful when you really like these things. Mm. Sometimes there can be problems. Jeez, uh, I don't know where to go with this at all. I'm wondering if they got some some comic points here. Oh, oh what's his Good name? Uh, Jeffrey Rush just chews up the scenery. He, he's all right. All over the Based on you guys fawning, yeah. <laughs> and we're gonna go 61. Wow. Oh, I went 60. If I recall correctly, this movie just bombed and got totally panned. I went 21%. Wow. I remember loving it, but I also don't think it was well-received. I said 55. Somebody was right on the nose. Mystery Man is fresh at 60. Woo! Damn. Yay! Is you? That's me. I needed that one. The worst player this game I've ever lived. (laughs) Well, Adam got, (laughs) Adam accumulated 55 points on the last one. That's like 40% off on both of them. What were you on the first one, Brian? 
Uh, I guessed 51. It was, what, 27? Oh, I might still be It was like 18. Yeah, yeah, no, right. no, I needed that five points. Yeah. I think I could have got, got that five. You got a five-point deduction, uh, oh, Dean. Sorry. If you get it right on the nose, you get to <laughs> take off five points. Yes, if you can get the exact number. Dean's ignoring us. Yeah, he's not. He yeah. Hey, um, by the way, God, that got me, because you said right, somebody got it right on the thing, and you're like, six, and I was like, 61. Zero, and I didn't remember anyone else saying six. All right, oh. here we go. I did that on purpose. I know. <laughs> Our next movie uh, is from M. Night Shyamalan. Yeah. Uh, it's a riveting story about a man who emerges unharmed as the sole survivor in a major train wreck and then finds his nemesis in Samuel L. Jackson. It's Bruce Willis. Samuel L. and Robin White. Robin Wright in the movie from the year 2000. Unbreakable. Underrated. I'm on the records liking this movie. Underrated. Maybe, but everyone will always tell you, you got to see Unbreakable. It's a great movie. You've seen but, it? No. Oh, I like this movie. Did you see Split? I did not. All right, I'm going to leave it alone. So they, maybe, well, under maybe underrated at the box office, but the people who saw it liked it and will always tell you it's a good movie you should go see. And I think it suffered hugely from being the first movie after The Sixth Sense. The expectation was so high. And it's like, oh, that's a good movie. Not a great movie. But Where's the movie. twist? If I recall, the final act falls apart a little bit in that movie. I like But the then it was cool act. up until that point. Like Where is, uh, boy, for a guy who doesn't see any movies, you sure have a lot of thoughts about movies. <laughs> <laughs> Where's James? Can we get him back? Oh, uh, <laughs> we can start with Dean. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's see. I should see this movie. I haven't seen this movie. This is a slow burn, too. This is a, a two-hour movie that feels like two and a half. I got to get back in this game. I'm scared. I got to make a move. I got to go 55. Mm. I said 70. I said 68. I said 78. Again, we have someone on the nose. <gasps> Unbreakable is fresh mm. at 68. Oh. Yes! Wow. I mean, that's cool. Nice. I should have gone up. Good movie. I like this movie. 68. All right. All right. Oh, Gina. Big lead. Here we go. Sean Connery was in a superhero movie. Mm Mm-hmm. Don't know much about it, but he wore an Indiana Jones hat, but during much of it. (laughs) In the movie from 2003, The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Mm. Was this part of a franchise? Um, I think it was intended to be. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. Yeah. They had this weird, it kind of. It reminds me of like when the Avengers came out. This came out. It was like this weird sort of upper crust sort of superhero, or not superhero, but like or sort of superhero, but like with an English accent, yep. wearing derbies yep. and mm-hmm. stuff. There's a weird little f- phase we had for about three years. We were trying to do this weird we're higher trying, end right. stuff. Um, what year was this? Oh, three. Okay. People love this comic book, if I recall. But okay. the movie they didn't. I got to get back in. I'm going 19. Oh, crap. No, that's a good guess. I said 25. I said 36. 28. <sighs> League of Extraordinary Gentlemen is rotten at 17. Mm. Oh. What did you say? I said 19. Dang. That's good. Yeah, but I'm still way off the way off the pace. Our final movie. All right. Brandon Routh. Mm. Nope. Stars with Kevin Who? Spacey. Is it Ralph Super Ruth? Man. What's his yeah. name? It's Ralph. It is Ralph. Most positive. Okay. Yeah. I just met uh, that guy. He's nice. I believe Kevin Spacey plays Lex Luthor. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And uh, the 2006 Wrong! Return of Superman. Superman Returns. Wrong! That's from that movie. And oh, it is. And he's mm-hmm. the lead. 
route mm-hmm. this will lead. Okay. He was the one and done super. He was the George Lazenby of Superman. Yeah. Is he the English guy? He is, that's Henry Cavill, who is currently oh. Superman. Oh. Brendan Routh was, in my opinion, not a bad Superman. Mm-hmm. But he was one and done. Apparently, I was the only one who thought so. Hmm. All right. Uh, 06. People didn't love it. I got to be bold. I got to go big or super small. I got to get back in this game. I got to go. But can Superman's, can they really be that bad? Can they ever, I feel like, hmm, how bad can they be? In my opinion, this is an underrated movie. Oh, boy. Then I got to go up or I got to go down. Don't listen to him. You're right. I got to go. Give him an honest opinion. I'm going 47%. You're probably pretty close because this is a, this is an okay movie that got just killed for some reason. Um, I said 58. I went 31. I went 45. Superman Returns is certified fresh. <gasps> oh, yeah! At 76. Oh, crap. What? I remember getting bad reviews. We all guessed bad. Yeah. No yeah, one bad. But, right. but anyone, does anyone bad? else see this besides me? No. no. It's okay. This I haven't seen any bad. of these movies except for Mystery Men. This is a... Uh, oh, what the hell is his name? This Brian, Singer, Brian Singer. This is literally true. I think a... a, a Computer that was randomly generating numbers <laughs> would have done better than I did. <laughs> I think of a computer or actually a pigeon that was randomly just picking out ping pong balls with numbers randomly written on them would have done better than me. Yeah. Well, Sean, um, you did do horrible. You scored the highest 153, and highest means you lose. That, I don't know that we've done above a buck fifty yeah. so far. Oh, there may big, be some. Big. Please yeah, call hold, me. Call me Dean. <laughs> <laughs> hold your head up. Uh, that leaves Adam, Brian, and Gina, who are all under a hundred. Congratulations, everybody. The closest to that is a score of ninety-nine, going to Adam Carolla, leaving Brian and Gina. Only separated by eh, 14 points. My math sucks. <laughs> Both of you got one on the nose. It didn't make a difference because Gina got 71 and Brian got 56. Wow. I, I would have thought, I felt, was it the last one? I really I had is it, it the last one that it's got a, you? It's always the last one. I, we had a similar scores in the last one. You might have been closer. Really? Wait a minute. That's what? when I flame out every time. What was the last one? The score was 76. I had 58. I had 45. Oh. Well, well, the 40, see, the 45 and the 58, that's... 13 points. Dang. That's a 13 13. point game. And that's about the difference. That's the yeah. difference. Wow. Yeah. So that's funny. I had I had you in my head in the lead. But, I did, and, too. And the, it didn't feel like that big a difference, but there it was. Oh, oh man. Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. You got to protect that lead, man. You got to just go 50 or something in the middle like a safer. I tried. I said 45. Yeah. I All think right. you like Unbreakable. I do, too. Yeah. That's a, it's not bad. It's a slow burn. It's not a flashy, you know, kids action movie or a superhero movie. It's uh, it's good. A little bit of news, Gina Grad. Sorry. All right. Give me the news with Grad. News with Gina Grad. Great. Viral, all those crazy Trump tweets. Give me news with Gina Grad. Trouble in the Middle East. Celebrity drug meltdowns. Seek news with Gina Gina Grad. The news with Gina Grad. Max Pata, what's the new Dodge, the one that's replacing the Hellcat have? Back to my, we can't have our cake and eat it too, because uh, James can drive around a Dodge with a Hemi in it that has 800 and 20 horsepower 
Oh, now Sean does have to go. Hold on a second. Uh, that has 820 horsepower, but it's going to be compliant with emissions in, in all the states oh. and not pollute. Hit That car with the Hemi and the 820 horsepower is going to pollute far less than my mother's VW Squareback from 1971 that had no horsepower <laughs> and did all the polluting. Oh, and Sean, I'm uh, I'm told that you do have to go because you got to get to you got to get to City I, I know, but thanks for staying long <laughs> enough to lose the game. I'm happy to be here. It's like they'll they'll survive. Disneyland well, will somehow stay up and running. Sean, yeah, they've weathered a few storms. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy uh, Volume Two. Uh, Sean, sorry. Next, come back next time. Whatever it is you're doing, we'll stay. I, I, stay I the love you, man. Time. Thanks, thanks, man. We'll uh, we'll talk to you soon. All right. Oh, yeah. The demon. That's what it is. That's what it is. The demon. Got the Hellcat and the demon. And how much horsepower? Sean, could you walk out here on your knees, please? (laughs) (laughs) Bye. Oh, yeah. 840. 840. Mm -hmm. 840. It's hard to believe. Find out what a 1971 VW Squareback had for horsepower. And I guarantee it pollutes 25 times as much. Like my, my mom's car would fire that VW square back up. You'd be in the car. Your eyes would start watering. I have a potentially stupid question. That demon, is that is number one? I assume it's street legal because you can buy it. Yep. Sh- can you just walk into a Dodge dealership and ask to like test drive one? Like, are they, are they sold in large numbers? That's uh, not, I've never heard of one. Uh, you couldn't, but I prompt <laughs> me or Mr. One. Leno. One could. Could. Um, yeah, I think, um, you know, car dealers are a little bit weird about their supercars and the guys in the flip-flops coming in going, hey, Broseph, can I uh, hop on the wheel and do turn a few hot laps? But, yeah, you could. I'm, I'm imagining uh, that's a car you might have to order. I don't know all the nuts and bolts of it. I'm not really a Mopar guy. But 840 horsepower versus my mom's 89 horsepower and her 89 polluted l- like 20 of those or more. Insane, right? Yep. Oh, 53 horsepower, <laughs> 71 VW square oh back. There you go, everybody. How did it get up a hill? 53 old horses. Yeah. Uh, we didn't go to places that involved hills. hills. <laughs> yeah, That's right. Skiing and whatnot. Right. Well, springboarding off of the Earth Day conversation from earlier in the show, there are scientists out there who believe that we all might be dead by the year 2050. But this is thanks. Mm-hmm. This is thanks to artificial intelligence. So there's good examples of AI, like Google Maps, stuff like that. But the next stage of AI will be a supercomputer that recreates human intelligence. And, thank you, the final evolution is artificial super super intelligence that learns so quickly that it literally soars past ordinary human intelligence and solves every problem confronting mankind. The dark side to this is that geniuses like Stephen Hawking say that the development of ASI could spell the end of the human race. Microsoft co-founder Bill Gates says he doesn't understand why some people are not concerned that an artificial superintelligence by mid-century uh, could wreak havoc on civilization. Well, that's so. the science fiction extrapolation is always like, well, once they fix all our problems, they're going to realize that the cause they of all these problems, well, the cause of all yeah. the problems is human. So let's get rid of the cause of the problem. It's right. just yes. a simple equation. Mm-hmm. I've seen enough science fiction. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, first off, you know, in terms of science fiction, we do land, we, we arrive at the right place a lot of the time. Sometimes it's, mm-hmm. it's way off, but sometimes it's, oh, yeah. And we were laughing about Navigan. We were laughing about uh, we un- weren't. unbreakable uh, <laughs> Bruce Willis uh, as the last scientist who drove a 71 Ford Bronco and his car couldn't be affected. But I was, you know, let's see what years that. 
a decade ago, maybe nine years ago. I was laughing on the radio about some of these cars. They park themselves now. Sure. You know, the doors lock and unlock. You know, they knows when you get near Who's it. Control, and, up, yeah. and then I said, how long before somebody hacks into, into the satellite and locks your doors and starts driving you toward the Grand Canyon? And then you just watch uh, Fate of the Eight there, the last Fast and Furious movie. And they have a whole scene where the cars are, you know, computer fired cars go off, start rain, raining down on top of the bad guys. And nobody watched a movie and went, oh, that is so phony. Like, if you would have watched that movie when you were growing up and the bad guy pushed a button on his thing and cars started driving off from the fifth story in Manhattan from a parking structure raining down on no the sense. good guys, you just go, oh, this? come on. That's yeah. not going to happen. Or how could that happen? Now you go. Oh, yeah. And there are cases of things and people, and you can watch these Friday night shows, and they'll do a thing where a guy will hack into a guy, and he's just driving along in his his Jeep Cherokee, and next thing you know, it starts steering itself, and the doors lock and unlock. And and listen, it'll get this way with cops, I I hope, where somebody is uh, hit and run, and they're chasing the guy, and they disable the car from the computer, mm-hmm. or they lock the guy oh, in, or how, whatever. How many accidents could that prevent? You know, well, like people at the end of a uh, you know yeah. high speed chase, yeah, running but then over we'll miss the pit maneuver, right? True. I do like that it's maneuver. Trade off, but, but you're right; they are all already testing that, and it is happening. Right. So I don't see any reason why this wouldn't this wouldn't happen. Yeah, but what about the singularity? Wouldn't we be working with the robots if that happened well once they get to be smart enough to realize that we're the, the source of the problem damn it lights out the skynet i hate it i yeah. love your idea of bruce willis as the last cop to drive the you know the 71 whatever there's always the one in the science fiction movies i'm thinking of like i robot with will smith who had like mm-hmm. the old school record player and stuff mm-hmm. like, there's always the one tropey character who's anti all this technology mm-hmm. I, I see what you people don't see everybody well, laughs scene, at him scene one he's outside of jpl and it's lights up on him you know, like sweat on the brow, super hot day, and he's dumping water into the radiator mm-hmm. of that 71 Ford Bronco. And, of course, his co-workers come pulling up in the Jetson car, you know, and they just come pulling up next to him, and they just park, and they're like... Look at you with that dinosaur. They give a name, like, Tuck. His last name's Tucker. <laughs> Tuck, I, what are you doing? I plug this in when I get home. I drive here every day. It costs 50 cents. It never breaks down. It downloads my favorite music every morning. And he does this joke, or he's like, yeah... Well, what happens one day when you come home and you find it's on your daughter? <laughs> oh, Tuck. Shakes his head and starts walking into the JPL. That's just Tuck. Yeah, and he's doing his thing. And then he starts early. And the first thing is, Russians have uh, fired, a, fired off another satellite. They say it's to track storms, but we don't know. And Tuck's concerned, you know. Yeah. The next thing you know, it's the rogue satellite can control everybody. But Tuck's impervious with a 71 Bronco. It's coming. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, uh, Kim Kardashian says last October's robbery in Paris has changed her and she is no longer materialistic. In an interview taped Wednesday for Ellen, her first TV appearance since the ordeal, Kim says she believes that the robbery was meant to happen to her so she could change. 17 people have been arrested in connection with the robbery and Kim believes that having to go through this ordeal has made her a better mother. Here's a clip of talk, uh, Kim talking about how it's changed her right after uh, a crying session. I, I was, you know, it was probably no secret you see it on the show and us being flashy. Like, I was definitely materialistic before. And not that there's anything bad with having things and working hard to get those things. And I'm really proud of, Let me write that you down. know, is there something wrong or there's not? But, like, I'm so happy that my kids get 
this me and that this is who I'm raising my kids because I, I just don't care about that stuff anymore. Really? You know, Please really start don't. dancing, Ellen. Please start dancing. <laughs> you know what? I, I found one thing really interesting when she was talking. Mm. I don't know if you noticed, but she caught herself at one point when she said, you know, there's nothing wrong with, with working hard and having things. And I'm really proud of, and she stopped and she said, the people around me who are successful. Yeah. And I thought that was kind of interesting. God, I... I I, who have worked hard. You know, I watch TMZ and I skip my rope every night. And they always, uh, it's the best show to watch when you're skipping your rope because it's hard to hear when mm. you're skipping your rope because it makes a whoosh, But you don't really have to listen to TMZ. Just yeah. watch it. And um, it's sort of like I'm a cat and it's an aquarium. That's the way, I, that's my relationship. You gotta hear those fish. I'm not getting information. I'm just intrigued. Yeah. I just like the look. Just tracking. And they just have pictures of her, like, leaving Le Cirque or wherever she is, or the Ivy or whatever it is, like, wearing the tightest, highest, you know, it's, uh, she's wearing, like, a bra with her stuff sucked in and hair flat ironed and everything. And it's like, my thing is, when, when, if, if that's truly how it goes, then, I feel like the I feel like you show it in your aesthetic, like when you truly don't care, when it's all just about humans and connecting and not about this and the paparazzi and making the money and camera the checks and all that being on TV and all that kind of stuff. A, you don't show up at those places and B, you don't go dressed right. to the nines. Well, this is the those, hot version of not caring to those <laughs> yeah. places. If you find that picture, Max Pata, like she's literally wearing a bra and the tightest stuff and the highest of heels. I also like going out to eat, especially if you're really going to get your grub on, <laughs> I'll wear sweatpants. I'm looking, I'm looking for some movement. Oh my. Yeah. I mean, we're looking at a picture of her right now. Can you describe what she's wearing? Well, it looks like Slow she's, down. <laughs> she's wearing a, uh, a white bralette. The ladies will know what that means with um, very, very, very uber tight tights that you'd wear under something like under a skirt. They seem to be uh, almost transparent. Where she keep her keys? <laughs> you don't want to ask Ray yeah. J. With a lot yeah. of a lot of midriff and a lot of leg. And the boot. It looks like the most uncomfortable thing you could walk up to in. Shins. Yeah. It doesn't, a this That's doesn't a look like someone it's who's a bra just. bra you wear outside. No, it's like a mini bra. Oh. Is that a bra? You can you wear it outside or not? Oh, it's not I mean, clothes. I mean, I guess if you're that kind she, of if you're that she, kind of girl, that's all she's wearing. Yeah, it, I mean, it's it's a bra. Yeah, it's a bra. All right, a where bra. where was she going what? with this, Max Pata? Uh, let me check. I just I was looking at the picture, and right. the headline was the flu diet works. Yeah. Okay. I'd say she still cares. Poor Ellen. She has to sit there and pretend to care. The Wizard of Bras. Yeah. <laughs> she should be so lucky. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, Johnny Depp reprised his role as Captain Jack Sparrow Wednesday night and surprised riders on the Pirates of the Caribbean ride at Disneyland. Depp replaced the usual animatronic version of himself and interacted with riders as they sailed by. Many shared videos of the unexpected encounter on Twitter, wondered if it was a promotion for the fifth installment of the saga coming out, Dead Men Tell No Tales, which opens uh, the end of May. Here's a clip. It's a little hard to hear, but still pretty funny. You'll hear Depp responding to a guest who yells for him to hide his rum. Jack! Hide the wrong! 
Poor Johnny Depp. Poor Johnny Depp. Well, promo. <clears throat> That's Edward Scissorhands. But what a delight for the riders of the pipe. Because they said they shut down the ride for a while. And, you know, they're always randomly shutting stuff down to fix yep. or tweak. So they had to take Robot Johnny out and put Real Johnny in. And that had to be pretty fun for the guests. What did they get rid of there? They got rid of the guy the, oh, who was chasing, chasing the women. Chasing yes. the women. The women. Yeah. Now uh, a woman chases a guy around, right? Well, that was no, always no, the joke. No, was the for... joke was there was a guy who chased the, 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 the comely the lass yeah. around. And then there was the fat chick who was chasing the, guy the other guy. Is that not there anymore? I think, they're oh. I think they both are gone for the same reason, I think right? So. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, well, yeah. they transitioned at a certain point. Okay. Literally, oh, it okay. became a right. yeah. Now that that was a uh, sort of back to I, you know, I remember seeing that when I was nine, and you got it. Like it was funny. It's like the Woody Woodpecker cartoons yes. were that were that way too. Like it's like it was a three panel cartoon strip in animatronic right. form. Right. So. Oh, look, here's the message. Don't get fat. You won't have to chase dudes. All right. You know what part of it that was? It was just funny when I was nine. Yeah. I thought my sister thought it was funny. I thought it was funny. My dad thought it was funny. It's like, I just thought it was funny. Like, we didn't breathe. Evening we didn't totally do harmless. a whole lot of thinking about it. Yeah. Uh, Kim K was out to dinner at La Scala Ooh. in Los Angeles. So, meaning Good she knows salad. this part where people go to places where they clearly know there's going to be paparazzi mm-hmm. and then don't want to be photographed and then dress like that and then go there. Mm-hmm. That is not the actions of somebody who's uh, in, embraced the teachings of Gandhi. Turning the corner on turn, the materialistic the lifestyle. <laughs> let's get into an outfit I can't breathe in and go out to eat. And let's yeah. make sure we go to the place that has all the photographers. Mm-hmm. This is insane, right? It doesn't yeah. match okay. the actions. All right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, tough guy actor Tom Hardy made real life look like a movie on Monday when he chased down a thief through the streets of London and made a citizen's arrest. The action star was walking down the street when he witnessed two teens crash a stolen moped into a parked car. One of the thieves was really hurt, but the other one took off running. That's when bystanders say Hardy sprinted after him and chased him through gardens and over walls before finally tackling him. The Mad Max star grabbed the kid by his neck, patted him down for Concealed weapons and held him until the police arrived. We're looking at a picture of him. I don't know. He's got a backpack. He's got a water jug. He's got a vape <laughs> pen out. He's he's got a bunch of lanyards and stuff hanging around his neck. Mm-hmm. What's is this from a movie? It or looks is this like him he's just... on set of a war movie. I don't believe he actually is tattooed like that in yeah. real life. Well, he looks like a hipster Boy Scout. There's something I got to figure out where this picture's from because he's all tatted up. He's all jacked up. He's he he looks in a weird way. He looks like he's trekking through Yosemite, but on the other hand, he's carrying his his juice in his vape pipe. So that's probably not from the movie, but maybe like he's, he's doing a movie between takes on like an Iraq right. War movie. Got to figure out where that picture's well, from, Max Ben. Perhaps Google. I have no idea, but perhaps Google New Black because that's what it says around his yeah, lanyard. That. He's yeah. heading into La Scala. Yeah. He's going to the same chopped salad as yeah, Kardashian. Chopped salad, yeah. You saw Mad Max, right? The new one? Oh, yes. so good. Not enough is made about how much better that was than the old Mad Max trilogy. Like, those were of varying degrees of quality. This is a tremendous movie. It almost didn't belong in the, in the whole Right. Ooh. Well, the, the last one's got so 80'd out. Yeah, Thunderdome. Uh, yeah, I mean, it just it got so crazily 80'd out. And uh, Tina Turner is one of my least favorites because uh, somebody decided in 1986 she was the sexiest woman on the planet. She had the best legs on the planet and she could act and she could do anything. Couldn't get enough Tina. And I had enough Tina. <laughs> I had an ass full of Tina like, very, very, very oh. early with Ike. Yeah. So, Two men enter, one man leave. So we get it. It, it can't turn very 80. 
I, I love the I love the new one too. I felt I felt it was a little light on story. Like Very I wanted a little story. more story, like some sort of closure or story or whatever. But it was still fun to watch, and it was really and not. By the way, not that you shouldn't use this to judge a film. I thought it was an incredibly innovative and interesting in terms of the art direction, the sets, yes. the props, the the, the, the cars, effects. the trucks, the effect, oh the practical God. effects, and all that kind of stuff, which is. We sometimes ignore because we'll go, yeah, but the script wasn't that good. But it's like, well, somebody wrote that. Mm-hmm. Somebody had yes, to, I, somebody right. had to come up with these guys on the top of these fishing Play poles and flaming guitar, bouncing and- down, and like st- that didn't just come with the truck. Like somebody had to do the guitar guy. Like somebody had to write that. Mm-hmm. And I go, yeah, but the script. And you go, yeah, but, yeah, but whoever wrote, wrote the script, script wrote everything. He yeah. wrote that, <laughs> or she wrote that, or they wrote that too. All right, that Sorry. movie stuck with me in a disturbing way that I couldn't shake, like Dark Knight did. Oh, it stuck with me for days after I saw it, and I, I think that's. I didn't stick with me because it didn't do anything. Like there wasn't any moral or anything. But it was just fun. Those it was images, fun to watch. though, those like you said, the dudes yes. on the poles, the the terror of that. That really stuck with me for a while. Right. Uh, well, speaking of uh, terror, a new study has found that most vegetarians and vegans go back to eating meat. The study by the Humane Research Council found that a whopping eighty four percent of non meat eaters go back to their carnivorous ways. More than half of those went back. To to eating meat within the first year. And I actually stopped eating meat 1993 on Earth Day, a young Gina grad vowed. And mm-hmm. I was a vegetarian for 10 years, didn't know what I was doing. And uh, I've been making up for it ever since. I still don't eat beef because I lost my taste for it. But but I, I it wasn't a great way to live for me. I, it seems uh, in life, I mean, I, I wish that more people just sort of adopt a more sensible and maybe less decisive act acting way of of life where you can just go you know i choose not to eat a bunch of pie and candy and stuff but hey on occasion why not you know or you go i don't like the idea of killing cows and eating them but hey if i'm at a barbecue and someone's making ribs i'll eat a rib kill that cow yeah that's already dead and they already bought the ribs like we do much we're doing we make uh oh now i'm angry everything doesn't have to be a statement you know what I mean? We came up with the title vegetarian, and then people like throwing that card out and Trump. I don't need to know about uh, and now as a badge or a lifestyle as opposed to a, a, a cuisine. We're doing it with our sexuality now, where it's like you have to explain that you're bi curious to me when you're sitting next to me on the BART for the next stop and a half. I don't need to know that. I don't need to know about you, what you eat, who's showed you smoke whatever it is you do that's just stuff we used to file it under personal and that that'd be that and the reason it was personal is not because it was embarrassing it's because no one else wanted to know it's private we just just whatever it is your religion your group your whatever your affiliations were some oftentimes political stuff whatever it is it was just hey that was that was you if you had a kid who had any number of syndromes and or was dyslexic or whatever it is. That was just kind of a family thing. You guys would talk or between the doctor or your clergy or your counselors or whatever. They had the decency to hide that away at the home. We didn't need to sit next to you. I was like, I, I'll talk to women and dudes, and they're like, uh, you know, hey, I have a service dog, and you're just sitting next to them. I was like, I need it. I have social anxiety. It's like, okay, but dude, you're 44. We're on a Southwest flight. Do we? How much of this do we need to get into? There was a time when you played a little closer to the vest, I guess when we wore vests, and now we'll only wear vests if there's no shirt on underneath it, but 
I kind of miss those days. I don't need to know. I feel like there's a lot of vegetarians who are vegetarian because they want to make the proclamation that they're vegetarian and they need to wave it into these situations. Like, hey, if you're going for sandwiches, you need to know. Like, oh, how about you pack your own lunch and shut up? How about that? I need to hear every podcast host saying, I'm buying them crazy. Like, that's your business. <laughs> that's your yeah. business. Yeah. So I think a lot of people are doing it and there's going to be more and more there's you know whatever your heritage is ethnicity whatever religion whatever your food everything's going to be this declaration of here's who i am um i got bad news for everybody and especially the uh viewers of wawa wubsy you are never ever going to set yourself apart from other people by making tons of declarations and or by getting tattoos You'll not try as you might. I know it'd be great. We could all just go down, give some guy $400, get a tattoo, and then set ourselves apart from the rest of the lambs that were in society. It doesn't work. It doesn't matter what you do with your hair. It doesn't matter what proclamations you make. Only your actions ultimately will set you apart. This is like, eh, you might be good for where'd you get the tattoo or what is that? Or wh- what's that? Yeah, what's conversation starter. Right, but you'll never fully set yourself apart. That'll be done through your actions. Now, you guys, you're too talentless and too lazy to go that route. So you're going to go this route. You're going to go, you're going to affiliate yourself with, again, Hey, I'm uh, I'm I'm Chicano American. I, I'm Latina. I'm going to look. I'm going to join a march of Latina women. I'm in the black. Ma- I'm in the black movement. I'm going to join the black. I, I'm an atheist. We're me and Penn tell Penn and Penn Teller. Gillette. We're going down Penn Gillette. We're going down to the mayor's office. Like, okay, great. What's that do for you? How and historically, how's it working out? Is it working? How's it going? Is it going great? Hey, everyone who just looks at themselves as, hey, I'm an African-American. I'm going to, I'm not, but I'm African. I'm going back to Africa. I'm going to don the dashiki and the amber beads. And that's my thing. Good. Have fun. Does it ever work? Does it ever work? Does it ever work? Because we've been doing it nonstop for 40 years. My feeling is it doesn't work. So if you'd like to have some success, and I think Basically, what everyone's looking for is a little extra scratch, maybe a little upgrade in the car department, maybe a little better neighborhood, maybe whatever you're looking, maybe a little more vacation, travel, whatever, whatever you're looking for out of life. I would suggest saving yourself a trip down to the tattoo parlor and saving yourself a trip uh, down to the town square to write something that nobody cares about on a piece of cardboard and getting some sort of chant about the LAPD or whatever it is you're planning on doing. And put that energy into work. That's just me. I feel like you will be more successful if that's what you do. Or you can just do another chant, light another candle, make another march, go down to Berkeley, throw something through a window. Just go do something. And you call me in a few years. Tell me how it's going. Just tell me how it's working out. You tell me if all your extra energy being channeled into that, you tell me, you tell me how it's working out for you. All right. I don't know how I even got started on that. Oh. Vegetarian. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tired of it. Give me a number. What are the percentage chances that Sonny and or Natalia get a tattoo in their life? I think Sonny's close to zero because it hurts. Yeah. yeah, it hurts. And he he wouldn't do it. He's already he's already in with me. And that uh, when we watch UFC, we root for the guy with either no or the least tattoos. And then if you're betting, always bet on the guy with no tattoos. Because <laughs> really? that 
Well, that's a guy who just goes, I kick ass. Yeah. I don't, oh, okay. I don't, I don't need this tribal whatever all over me to let people know I kick ass. I just kick ass. Yeah, but one late girls night with Cammy and Italia and Cammy getting those friendship tattoos on that, her ankles. That could, that could definitely happen. But I just feel like the dude who goes in the octagon with zero tattoos, that's just a dude who goes, I'm got, a badass. I don't got time to get tattoos. I'm too yeah. busy kicking ass. Yeah. Too busy uh, I don't, uh, by the way, I don't need to, I don't need to portray a guy who kicks ass. Right. I am a guy. I'm not, I'm not doing a Tom Hardy movie where I'm playing a guy who kicks ass. I'm not, I am a guy who kicks ass. Also, He's playing me. Uh, I like the guys who do it a little more like it's a sport, which is I don't even look at it as kicking ass or hurting anyone or being a menace or a bully. This is a sport. Unfortunately, the sport involves me putting my shin across your orbital socket, <laughs> but that's the sport. I'm just going to dominate at that sport. Yeah, you're not a bar brawler. That's the same way you don't see golfers or tennis right. players or anything tattooed up and badass and mohawked or anything because it's just a sport. Tom Hardy did play a guy who kicked ass in Warrior. Remember, he's in the U.S. He was like an Ultimate Fighter. He oh, was like that's a, a mixed I martial that was arts. like one of his first big movies, Him, right? Joel Edgerton and yes. uh, Nolte. That's right. I believe that was them. All right, let's bring it home. Do we you bring it got home? Got it. We'll do it right now. I'm Gina Grad, and that's the news. Don't get fat. You won't have to chase dudes. Gina <laughs> that was yeah, the good news luck catching with him, Gina Grad. Uh, he was leaving the gym in that photo. So he was, he was, that's him. He does have He's those not in tats. Character. Yeah. He has those tats, bro. Really? He's well, swole. there is a chance that he could be doing a movie. I'd like to talk to somebody because these tats, they have those semi-permanent ink that lasts for, you know, a month or something. Henna? Like that. These guys well, are getting, I, mean, all, I assume it's the same. These guys are getting all tatted up for these movies now. And I don't know whether, what the protocol is like, hey, don't shower for a month mm-hmm. or just rinse yourself off, but don't get the soap out or, hey, let's shoot all the scenes with you. Real quick. Uh, like, what do you do? Or we're just going to recreate it every morning or. Aren't they like with Angelina Jolie? Cause she has a, some huge tats like on her back. Don't they digitally take those out? I think some makeup, some digital, depending on. Yeah, the scope I of guess the movie. so. Be curious. Max Pat. They don't do it to the rock. His tattoos are always the same. Well, that's yeah. probably in his rider. Look at him. Just at the tip of his tongue, a rock reference all the time. <laughs> Let's, until next time, Adam Carolla for Gina Grad, Bald Brian. Oh, and Sean Gunn saying, Mahalo. Mom, don't do the laundry when I'm, when I'm potty. <laughs> Apartments.com. With the most rental listings anywhere, there is no wrong way to find your right place on Apartments.com. You could smear your phone screen with peanut butter and let your furry roommate lick their way to a new pet-friendly place. That's how easy Apartments.com is. Or use a tablet like a Ouija board and call up your late Nana. Apartments.com even offers virtual tours so you can explore your potential place from anywhere with an internet connection. Bar on a bad first date, tandem bike on the beach, wherever. From tried and true methods to virtually enhanced techniques, you'll discover that special somewhere on Apartments.com, the most popular place to find a place. All right, that clip from 2017 featuring Sean Gunn and, of course, the Rotten Tomatoes game. And uh, that will do it for Corolla Classics. First off, I want to remind everybody again about Geico. That's right, because if you own or rent, let's make it easy by bundling those policies with Geico. Geico makes it easy to bundle your homeowner's or renter's insurance along with your auto policy. 
that's a good thing because you got so much going on already. So all you got to do, visit Geico.com, get a quote, and see how much you could save. How easy is this, Geo? Just gotta go easy! That's right. Visit Geico.com today. That's Geico.com. All right, before we get out of here, we want we have a couple things to talk about. First off, um, if you want to submit a clip, email us classics at adamcorolla.com or find us on Instagram at Giovanni Giorgio or at ChrisLoxamano1. We're also, uh, just Google us. There's ways to get a hold of us. And this Friday and Saturday, June 4th and 5th, I'll be playing at Marina Wine in Long Beach. Some uh, some finger pop and acoustic jams come by. Let me know what classic, Cruel Classic clip you want to hear. It'll be fun. All right, Cruel Classics. We'll be back tomorrow on the Cruel Classics feed. And don't forget, we're here Monday, too. So we got you covered all weekend. My name's Chris Loxamana. That's super fan Giovanni. Hello, and get it on. Hey, movie lovers, who needs a theater when you have Pluto TV? Grab your popcorn and your streaming device because free movies are here. Pluto TV is your home for movies. Great movies are playing anytime in over 20 exclusive movie channels of action, horror, rom-coms, and more. Watch hits like Saving Private Ryan, Pretty in Pink, and Charlie's Angels all for free. No signups, no fees, no contracts. Ever. Download the free Pluto TV app on any device. Saving starts with Xfinity. Get a great price on Xfinity Internet. Plus, ask how to get an eligible 5G phone on us. And for a limited time, $300 back when you add Xfinity Mobile. Go to Xfinity.com slash start saving. Call 1-800-XFINITY or visit a store today. Restrictions apply.